0: Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from the corner of No Hope. It's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the gang takes on the 2018 Nicolas Cage revenge opus Mandy while downing pint after pint of La Fin de Monde, a Belgian triple style beer from Unabrew, paired with the morphine Lancero cigar from Black Label Trading Company. Sounds like it's going to be one hell of a good time, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show.
1: Ah. <sighs> triple beer, that means triple the good times, isn't that right, boys? Yes. You promise? You'll have a good, nice Thanksgiving? Oh, yes. Yeah. That, wasn't, that wasn't bad. I did, too, actually. I actually do a couple different Thanksgivings uh, over the course of a few days. I'm very fortunate that way. Not going to be one of those guys bitching Oh, I've got so many Thanksgiving dinners to go to. <laughs> so many people love me and want to feed me. Uh, so yeah, it was nice. Well, I thought it was nice till the next day when you wake up late and you open up the leftovers and Yeah, your family always sends you home with food. Oh, you got to take some food. You got to take some food. Okay, yeah. You get home the next morning, crack it open, and you're like, smoked ham, turkey, maybe some stuffing, mashed potatoes. Yeah. Oh. Green bean casserole. Yeah. Half a uh, cranberry log or whatever the fuck that is. (laughs) Uh, Why don't they just change it to take some trash, take some trash, take some
2: trash.
1: I'm going to quote you, Yax. You look into that tub where you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> or even worse, those yams with the melted marshmallows on top. What the fuck is that? It's that like the day like... you're supposed to be thankful to be alive and you eat the weirdest shit that you would never eat any other time of the year.
3: Yeah, that sounds like something I don't eat.
1: And everybody's like, oh, it's good. Try it. If it's good, how come you only eat it once a year? Ritual. You should start a food truck. Nothing but Thanksgiving food. Green bean casserole, yams and marshmallows. Boom. If it's so good, you'll do, you'll do great. The turkey truck. Only no turkey. <laughs> shaped, the, shaped the food truck like a big cranberry log. Fresh out of the can. Put some wheels on it.
3: Well, we went to Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> well, our, our plans were like so up in the air at the last minute. So, uh, and, you know, I thought you were
1: hosting
0: Thanksgiving.
3: Well, we, that's we, what we everyone were got Cracker to our, Barrel. Everyone got <laughs> to our house and we gave them
1: printed out directions to Cracker Barrel.
3: We were thinking about that, but we had some. Uh,
1: Let them do the dishes.
3: Logistics that were up in the air, so yeah. to speak. So uh, we just said at the last minute, screw it. Grandma's not as mobile as she can be. Mm. So we just loaded her up and went to Cracker Barrel, along because. with half the population of Temple.
1: Oh, the Temple Cracker oh, Barrel! Oh my
3: goodness, it was it was an hour and a half wait just to get seated, and then yeah. another hour wait just to get your food. It was crazy. They were doing some big business,
1: and kudos
3: concerned. to your wait staff because that was the friendliest wait staff I have ever seen. Hmm. They were patient. They were just nice. It was crazy. Can't believe
1: we're praising the Cracker Barrel on the Tuesday night cigar going.
3: It was crazy, man. It was crazy.
1: Well, in good news, I did read, uh, I guess apparently right before, recently, uh, the 90-something-year-old lady who invented green bean casserole passed away. So, good riddance. See her in hell.
3: I like green bean casserole.
1: How many times a year do you eat it? Once. You don't like it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I do, too. You know what I like?
1: It's tradition. Enchiladas. Quesadillas. Steak. Hamburgers, I like all those. Beer, like You all know those. how you can tell I like them because I pretty much hit them up at least once a week, maybe yeah. once every two weeks. You don't like green bean casserole. I don't. Nobody does. I eat it and I don't like it. I mean, I don't mind it. All right. So, note to self: all gifts to Cade will be <laughs> green bean casserole. Cade <laughs> got you New? your favorite. Oh man! If this is Lipton noodles, you're a dead man. Hey do, op- hey, do you guys want to come over?
3: Hey, do you guys want to come over to?
1: Isn't Lipton cup of noodles, what they put on top of the green beans? No, mm-hmm. that's uh, French onions. French onion soup. That's, sorry. I don't eat it. I don't know. Just trying to keep it real, boys. Hey, do you
3: guys want to come over for uh, dinner at the Tuttles? No. Because you know I'm going to be. <laughs>
1: Jenny, make, oh. it, make the green bean castle. I, I thought you meant the Tuttle tradition. We'd be taken to Luby's. <laughs> I can't wait to see what the Tuttles cooked up for us. And we're going to Arby's. <laughs> All right. Okay. They do have the beans, it's a curveball. <laughs> Uh, did you do? Did you guys do any Black Friday shopping? no. did not. Yeah.
3: I spent all day the next day hanging up Christmas lights.
1: Best Buy was selling a 55-inch flat screen TV. I guess they're all flat screens these days. Half price. So I I went up there and I had to punch an old lady in the face to get it. But hey, who's in under now, huh? Luckily, that old lady turned out to be the old lady that invented green bean casserole. Capitalism. So, you're welcome, society. <laughs> Why couldn't you have found the
3: fruitcake lady?
1: That's Christmas. I'll get into that rant <laughs> in a couple weeks. Now we're going to shit on fruitcake? <laughs> Come on, man. When's the last time you ate some fruitcake? Like, whenever they have it out, I buy it. Really? For yourself? Yes. What? You're a fruitcake. What? I am. Love it. Why?
3: What? Fruitcake. What? Man. If it's not in the Jimmy Buffett song, I don't like it. He's not dead green yet. green bean casserole
1: in paradise.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Looking for my last can I like of. Like mine with French <laughs> onion cream and soup and mushroom. <laughs> oh, you can't taste the mushrooms. That's what they always say. Fuck you. You can taste the mushrooms. Hey, you know what? If you can't taste it, how about you just don't put it in there? <laughs> oh, it's got. Well, you gotta. Every recipe that calls for cream mushroom soup. My whole life, they always say the same thing. You can't, you can't taste, taste the mushroom. <laughs> All right, well, what if you just use cream of chicken soup then? Oh, it'll be, it won't be will be the same.
3: Why? Bunch because a, you can taste it? A bunch
1: of goddamn liars. i lied to my whole life. You
3: can't taste that. Deep state.
1: It's the deep state. Oh, God. I don't want to hear about the deep state. I'm a green bean casserole truther. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear what i got to say. And I didn't really punch out the green bean casserole lady. She died of natural causes. That's Shame right. and regret. Those are indeed natural causes. I'm pretty sure I'm going to die of at least one of those. <laughs> ah, you've been living with it for this long, so who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Boy. Well, everything worked out in the end. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 84. Cool. 84. Hey, you know what else? I'm very thankful for my second family, my Tuesday Night Brothers.
3: Oh, thank you.
1: I somehow managed to find a group of like-minded man-children just as crazy as I am, so... I'm thankful for you guys. Well, I didn't make this green bean casserole for you. Oh, today. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Get out. You tub
1: of crap. Uh, I'm sorry, Todd, I interrupted you. Yeah. What was I going to say? I don't know. That's... Oh, yeah. I lost it. Were you going to pump our Amazon thing?
3: Was I going to pump you our You told Amazon me you are going to start doing
1: that at the front of the show. Were you gonna, Is that what you're interrupting me for I think an Amazon you're right. plug? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, so. Well, I'll, go ahead and do it, now. I was like, you know what? I
3: was hanging Christmas lights, getting ready to buy some Christmas presents. And what do I need to do? I need to go to the TuesdayNightCigarClub.com website, click on the Amazon banner, and then do all my Christmas shopping. Every time Look.
1: I see our bank statement, I see that little Amazon line item. Oh, it just warms my heart. Trickle, means, trickle, trickle. It means not only are you listening, but you're actually listening, listening.
3: And it helps us pay the bills because, you know, we got airline tickets and baggage tickets and parking tickets and well, we got to buy some new light tickets. stands. we got lights hanging from tape a from light the <laughs> floor. We have to buy some lights. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Please help us. If you go to Amazon doc or Amazon banner at com, mm-hmm. click on it and do your shopping from there. It doesn't cost you anything, and we get a little bit of payback for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, please help us pay some bills.
1: We need to get enough to where it's it's worth me trying to figure out at tax time how to deal with that.
3: Oh, I just wouldn't worry about it, man.
1: Oh, okay. I really need to change the paperwork to where you guys are associated <laughs> with this whole thing. <laughs> you guys keep encouraging me just to, you know, it'll be easier no, if it's, everything's on you. It's fine.
3: Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. It'll, It'll be, be at least five years before be they catch you.
1: Paul Matafor, whatever that fucker's name is, just taking the heat for everything. <laughs> I did buy a very precious pair of dolphin skin cowboy boots with our money. I hope that was okay. <laughs> Let me guess. The did liberal it, media is going to come down on me for that. Did it have fringe made out of otter fur? Mm, oh, I mean no.
3: Oh. <laughs> it'd be crazy.
1: <laughs> I mean. Yeah, they're made out of baby dolphins. They didn't even know what it was like to live free in the sea for more than a few weeks. That I said out loud. That doesn't make it any better, does it? No, really. No ba- baby dolphin fringe. Yes. Oh
2: hell
1: yeah! I'm actually wearing them tonight. If you want to look under the <laughs> desk. Um, oh yeah. You know, a minute ago I called you guys like-minded man children, and I meant that as a compliment. Uh, Taken as such. And uh, you know, I was reading something the other day. That's when you're supposed to be like, what? What? You're reading? You're reading? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just drinking this. I, <laughs> I cried to it. No, wasn't, it wasn't like a book. I was reading the, my phone, the news, while I was while I was eating my cereal. I thought it was like a pamphlet or something. No, no. Light reading? I'm, I am going to move into pamphlets next year, though. It's on <laughs> my, it's on my list. Chlamydia and you. I, uh, Is that what you are reading about? I heard you couldn't get chlamydia as long as I'm wearing these dolphin-skin cowboy boots. That... Is a bold claim They said it's a vaccine it's for true. all the bullshit in the world <laughs> Put these boots on You won't to worry about a damn thing Except everything <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them uh, No, I was reading this uh, Interview An interesting interview the other day With Cher The Cher, Cher. Is there another Cher I I'm think just sure. did a Cher voice <laughs> Age 72 She recently did an interview with Heat Magazine, not the one we read in high school. (laughs) I guess there's a legit Heat Magazine Oh. And during their interview, the I Got You Babe hitmaker credited her age-defying appearance. She still looks, her skin and her, you know, basically shouldn't look 72. Uh, I haven't haven't seen her lately. She credited to her immature nature, and I quote, I'm a very immature, I'm very immature as a person. Maybe that helps. I'm not dumb, but I still don't think of myself as a grown-up. Even though me and my girlfriends have responsibilities, I don't see any of us as grown-ups, but more like older teenagers. I think having fun keeps your soul young, she explained. You see, fellas, I'm just like like Cher. Except without the millions of dollars. I am just like Cher. No,
3: without the million dollars. Oh, you don't have boobs, and I haven't seen you in a thong yet.
0: You got him there. Can you you auto-tune his mic? (laughs) Hey,
1: I'm just like Cher. Sure. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, oh, shit. Tut, I'm going to have to ask you to stand up. Why? We're going to need the boot of remembrance. Oh, yeah. Uh, we forgot to grab it before the show started. Oh, God, I hate doing this. It's been a little while. I think Burt Re- Bert Reynolds, maybe? Yes. We've actually had a lot of old school filmmakers die in the last week. Uh, Bertolucci and... Uh, yeah, it's it's look behind the whiskey glasses back in the corner behind the tall beer glasses take a right around the shot glasses there's gonna be a, is so accurate. it's like a little village of there, you, is so accurate. there it's sad when you can't find this in our drinkware are you sure it's over there it's,
3: it's I can't see a giant
1: glass boot. I was hidden
3: behind the bottles of scotch, the pint
1: glasses. (laughs) By the way, this looks a lot like my dolphin skin cowboy boots. They're really small. Uh, Not a lot to work with. It's extremely painful. Uh, I feel like those. Was it the Japanese women have to wear those tiny little shoes? Uh, I'm gonna need a foot rub later for that green bean casserole comment. You owe me, buddy. Still gonna get you one. We are filling the boot tonight. Uh, this one was a no-brainer. Last few we haven't voted. It's just yeah. been like... Uh, uh, who are we filling this for? I'm going to let you talk until you're done talking. Yeah, this is this is your moment. This is your one of the probably most influential creative people in your entire life. Very and much. Very true. The stage is yours. We lost. So um, here's what I want to know. No. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. We lost november twelfth, twenty eighteen. Stan the Man Lee. Probably the most influential person in comic books who changed the helped to change the landscape. I won't say he was the only person, but he was incredibly dynamic. You can probably think to yourself and say, like, hey, I remember him from something. Whether it's been a recent movie... Show... Cartoon... You invariably will know his voice. He was just... Everywhere. At some point you heard him. You saw something that he worked on. I, and I know it's... it's, it's And I'm kind of glad you you forgot your Stan Lee notes. Because yeah. I think it, it'll come much more naturally from you. But just off the top of your head can you rattle off creations of Stanley just to give it some kind of impact just to kind of like he helped to make to create Spider-Man the Hulk uh, the Thor that we know in Marvel Uh, he helped to bring back uh, Captain America who had no place after World War two they didn't know what to do with the character and you know, as with as with something that Stan helped to do with comic books was to tie the characters together into the same universe. They're they're occupying the same city. You know,
3: you it's had, a brilliant move.
1: Yeah. Uh, with others, I mean, he helped to make you know the Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, one of my favorite, which you know, I literally have it tattooed on my body, Galactus with artist Jack Kirby they they created that as one of their, their headline villains for the Fantastic Four uh, Doctor Strange Iron Man, X-Men I mean the it's list crazy. goes on it's crazy when, when so much of our culture our entertainment <laughs> these days is based around comic books to just wrap your head around this guy's fingerprints on the 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 biggies that many biggies holy shit
3: what do you think of the impact that he's had into our pop culture yeah. in our everyday
1: life? And it's kind of cool that later in life, he was, you know, with all the cameos and all the Marvel movies, the younger generations kind of got. Because the first time I ever actually saw him on screen or anything was Mallrats. He had a pretty lengthy kind of moment with Jason Lee at the end of that. And that was the first time I'd really seen Stan Lee pop up in anything. I don't know if that was one of his first or just the first I. I... I mean, in terms of actually... I'd heard his voice many times, you know, like you know, radio shows or stuff like that, or uh, just a commercial or something where his voice was that. It's
0: he, so he distinct, voice. such a distinct. But I mean, my number one thing, you know,
1: growing up for myself, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Before every episode, he was there, and I mean, and it was just, you know, living with fires uh It was it was Spider Man, Iceman and Firestorm. And Firestorm, yeah. And he literally I mean before every he was the most excited person. I mean, you know, literally just Hey guys, we got this great show for you what today. What a voice. Was he a smoker? I believe he was for a yeah, while. He had a great cigarette smoker Yeah he yeah, definitely had the smoker. How old was he when he done? Uh he was ninety five That's a good run. Good run. It's a real good run. So I mean he uh like and he well he was born in uh nineteen twenty two so, phew. I mean, he made... And, and, you know, there was one thing. Is here was a guy that actually didn't want to do comic books. He really wanted to be a novelist. So, I mean, he was a writer, not necessarily an artist. One of the things I read about him that I never knew... What was his original name? His, his real name is Stanley. His real, no, his, well, his actual name was Stanley. Stanley Martin Lieber. Lieber. Stanley Lieber, in World War Two was in the uh the same division in the army as a playwright uh what was it called the training films division mm-hmm. they wrote the scripts yeah. for that with another guy, Theodore Geisel, who's doctor Seuss. Oh wow. Stan Lee and Doctor Seuss were in the army it together together. Writing these training film scripts. Yeah. How crazy is that? And, and well, that's the thing. Stan, uh, da, 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 da. And, and when Frank, you're over in Hawaii, well, and you see the
3: prostitute in the window. <laughs> Walk on past, Joe.
1: The Walk director Frank pass. Capra was in there too. Mm-hmm. It that's was like, crazy. Yeah, there was someone out There, there was like four of them. They're like, holy shit! Like, can you imagine that room? Well, at the time, they were not really anybody. Yeah. I and mean, they hadn't. A lot of those guys hadn't created anything yet. No. Yeah. And you know, Stanley, that was the thing. He wanted to be a novelist. He wanted to write, you know, a great American novel. And that was kind of why he actually, Stan Lee was his moniker when he was doing comic books because he didn't want anyone to associate him. Yeah. Did he ever write his novel? No. Never. He was actually, he he started out, um, uh, a relative got him a job for uh, Timely Comics, which eventually morphed into Marvel. Mm. But, you know, he like I said, he started out, he was, you know, filling ink wells, sharpening pencils, sweeping the floor, doing, you know, basically just being a gopher. And then, you know, when they start things started to kind of fall out of the, the floor for comic books because there were so many changes going on, he, you know, started trying to, to actually get involved with creating them. You know, he wasn't much of an artist, never, mm-hmm. and he said that himself, but he, you know, started working on writing because that was one of the things he did. And through a, he, a you know, a change-up, he ended up being sort of like the co-editor. they like, here, you know. And he was like 20. Yeah. He ended up, you know, sticking in that and eventually becoming full editor-in-chief and he was like the longest-running editor-in-chief for Marvel. And even after, you know, he retired, he was
0: still basically like, you know...
1: The figurehead in... The figurehead. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of... God, I read... You know, so many dudes had uh, to have their say, you know, when he passed. About, you know, there's so much kind of comic nerd drama about, you know, I guess Jack Kirby and, and Stan Lee's relationship and, you know, credit and royalty. I, I don't really care about that tonight. I, I think the guy, you know, he lived in '95. Like I said, his fingerprints on so many things, you know, I, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, who cares? Well, you know, if we wouldn't have the if you're getting people, that worked up over we wouldn't have the people that we have if and we wouldn't Comics have those worked, personalities uh, credit inequalities then you know get a life. Well,
3: regardless of whether you want to say that he took credit for Kirby's work or Kirby had like a more or his artist had more influence than actually he did and you know he was just in the spotlight. Well you know, without Stan Lee drawing that spotlight to those artists, they would have never... They would have been out of a job. I mean, that's how the industry was. Is, it was is, is Kirby still across alive? the
1: board. No. Okay. no, no, he passed away. So it's even less consequential. <clears throat> Who cares? Well, well, you know, I mean, you, I
3: mean, you want to give credit where it's due, but, I mean, still, to try to cast shade on Lee's impact in the industry and then how it transcended the industry and his impact into our day to
1: day world. Yeah. Get over yourself. It's very true. I, agree. I mean he I don't know, one of my things like I said, he was just dynamic. I still can remember him, like I said, you know, the way he described and in, in going into the stories with, you know, Spider Man his amazing friends. I mean, just he was the most excited person in the room. Like yeah. just listen. I totally forgot about that until you mentioned that. I watched that every Saturday morning. That was back in the heyday of Saturday morning comics and or cartoons. And uh, I totally forgot he introed those. Yeah. Cody, what did you think when uh
3: Bill Maher basically said that Stan Lee was responsible for getting Trump elected?
1: Um, Bill Maher's an idiot. I mean, what did Stan Lee do? I mean, how did what? It's comic books, man. The it's fact that we books. live in a world where grown adults are still reading comics and interested in in comic books is exactly the what got Trump elected, according to to Bill Maher. He's a troll. He's just trying to. The guy died. He was just trying but to the get dude's his. A huge you know, troll. To get his name he's he's out there. He's a huge sack troll. He's just a giant well, troll. You know, Stanley. You know, he is. Maybe people say he, you know, took credit for other people's work, but he was also the person as editor in chief. <laughs> That started to make the decisions about the comic books we read and having characters that Didn't are. Did he go up human. against the comic mm-hmm. book code yes, several times early on? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, he He's, you know, is credited with making characters. You know, everyone likes to, to, you know, think of your favorite comic book character, and it doesn't have to be Marvel. You know, everyone loves Batman. Oh, there's Batman movies, this. I mean, but we wouldn't have that. that Tone shift in Batman to where we love him because of his stoic nature of him of his you know below the surface seething anger. Yeah. So Stan because Lee's back a, in the day he was he was a
3: straight as an arrow, arrow do gooder.
1: Yeah, I mean,
3: so I have Stan Lee to thank for all my DC movies being dark as fucking. Everybody's brooding now.
1: No, that's just a bad call. On <laughs> yeah. uh, let's not put that on the. He's dead. Let's leave him alone. Okay. All right. Um, well, man, I I got nothing hard to say about the guy. I I I read comics, as you know. Uh, man, I spent everything I had on comics, pretty much until I could start spending everything I had on beer.
3: I still get comics, man. Uh, I, I,
1: and God knows Cody has the biggest comic collection I've ever seen. Uh, so I. Not to say that I'm like a nerd or anything, but yes, I even framed my first comic book poster. Just. I don't her. think there's anything nerdy. I mean, you guys look around here in the corner, no hope. Not here,
0: but where the <laughs> the camera can't
1: see. I mean, I, I'm a collector. I mean, you know, it's like I said with the share thing. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking some of your youth into your adulthood with you. It ke- it's what keeps you, yeah. You know, it's what keeps you it's going. A lot of good memories. That's what keeps you light in your dolphin skin boots. That's right, my friend. That's right. Uh, so yeah, uh, man, it's it's weird. It's gonna be weird not having them around. Um, I, man, I would have to say I guess the biggest influence on me personally would probably be, you know, Spider Man. That was my go to comic, in like a lot of different forms. I thought you said you really enjoyed (laughs) Spider-Ham. What did I say? You said Spider-Man. Oh, no, Peter Porker, Spider-Ham. I love Spider-Ham. J. Jonah Jackal. Oh, yeah. It's basically Spider-Man, but they're all little animals. And Spider-Ham has a little curly tail. Uh, I won't lie, I'm going to have to go see that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, just because they have Spider-Ham in it.
3: (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they do.
1: You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Why would I know that? (laughs) Apparently someone doesn't love Spider-Ham as much as he said. Oh,
3: yeah, much like the green bean casserole, you just don't like Spider-Ham.
1: He's totally in it. Like, he just shows up. Everyone else is like, I'm Spider-Man. Hey, guys, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Ham. This is weird. Oh, man. All right, yeah, we'll be going to see that. Uh, I actually bought my oldest daughter the uh, they have a graphic not graphic novel but a, a book of like the first ten spider ham cartoons uh, the, the comic shop when we were growing up in our hometown I used to have a box where every month he'd put aside and I was way behind on my yeah. allowance and he'd get real pissed at me whenever my friends would go in there would be like hey you see you talked to Matt Cade lately and they'd be like we saw him at school he'd be like, you tell me he's got fifteen spider hams here waiting for him so I'd have to like save up enough like I could buy five spider Spider-Hams, and he'd give them to me and but no but Spider-Man was like my big as far as the Marvel guys that was my big you know because when we were growing up there's like four or five there was Amazing Spider-Man there was the web of Spider-Man there was like so yeah, spectacular many spectacular spectacular Spider-Man and I, like I was just into them all yeah. it was just I thought he had the best villains. um... It wasn't as brooding as and tortured Peter Parker as the movies are. Yeah. For the most part yeah. it was it was it was just the comic Peter Parker is pretty much fun. I like he it. He is fun. He's wisecracking cool guy like I saw myself.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: yeah. I stopped for laughter there. But uh <laughs> who's your favorite creation that that Stan had his paws on? Uh in turn, the well, one, that's one that's tattooed on me. The one that's tattooed on me. Yes, I love that character. Who they mention in tonight's film. Yes, that's one of the only saving graces. <laughs> we'll get to that later, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no. Take uh, it easy. Yeah, I didn't think the one that I, the, it, when the, when that. Easy. that I collected the most in terms of actual comic books that I read the most was The X-Men. The X-Men. You've always been a huge X-Men. I love The X-Men. I loved the characters and the way that, you know, other than the fact that they were born with their powers, then everybody hated them. But you... You know, it was one of the things, you know, that, you know, Lee and the other people working on it said, you know, this is was
0: their take on racism.
1: Yeah. Why
0: are you hating these people?
1: That guy has powers over there. Yeah. Captain America drink like, a serum, has powers, but you're not like, oh, get rid of him. He's yeah. evil. Yeah. It's like hating the Special Olympics. Why do you hate the Special Olympics? I don't. I'm saying oh. they'd be like hey oh. They're born that way. You can't hate them for that. <laughs> exactly. I always thought, not the racism thing, I always thought I equated it to, you know, physical handicaps. They're born with these things. Right. They can't... What I'm about gonna, you, Todd? I'm going to say... Hold on, don't tell me. I'm going to go with...
0: Batman. The Hulk. No. And She-Hulk. Batman's DC. She-Hulk. I
3: know, no, I was just saying it because I wanted to use Batman She-Hulk. Voice. No. Baby Hulk But I am Unfortunately during Stan Lee's heyday I was I was a DC guy I was oh, into Batman oh. Huge into Batman yeah. Iron Man? Uh, no On the Marvel side Wolverine uh, I was
1: a Punisher guy Ah But um, well, he didn't create The Punisher
3: No he didn't
1: Oh god Does he have a Punisher shirt on? He does What are you wearing Over that Punisher shirt?
3: a Nice Cigar Club hoodie Where can we get One of those?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go to our website you sexy bitch. Yeah,
3: That yeah,
1: looks nice. Looks nice. Actually, um, uh, when they had uh, X Men,
3: when they had uh, Punisher, did a spot with uh, Captain America
1: yeah.
3: in. He did the, quite a, a couple of them in the comics uh, Civil War, yeah. uh, and there was a comment where Captain America was just he hated the fact that Punisher was around them, didn't want them, didn't want him to be around them. And uh, there was a comment made kind of like in the back of the room where it was like, man, look at Captain America and Punisher going, same guy, different war. And Steve Rogers flipped out. But as an adult, that really kind of, for some reason, just really hit home to me. Because it is kind of the same guy, same different war. But when you think about it, it's just the presentation of what World War II was because... You know, nowadays World War Two is this the greatest generation. They did so much great, they kicked the Nazis ass. You don't see the trauma and the stuff that our grandparents went through because it's you know, it's glorified today and it's glossed over. But, you know, Vietnam and now Afghanistan's a little bit more close to home, so you get to see the PTSD. You get you understand Frank Castle a little bit more. Yeah. And so I kinda kinda see, you know, maybe Steve Rogers was wrestling with those same same issues it was just to me it was a just but that's the beauty of Marvel Marvel was always one to take on those hard issues just straight up agreed um, anything else Then you, you liked X-Men no I didn't oh you were Spider-Man that's right
1: I was strictly whether you were a pig or a man if you had spider-like powers I was all on board
3: I about that can you, right. can
1: you guess my favorite Spider-Man villain Rhino. No. Doc Ock? No. The... the Cheddar Goblin. Think Freddie Mercury with a loincloth. Tonight. Oh. Tom Selleck with a loin cloth. Tom, so Anybody good. with a mustache <laughs> ran, running around with a loincloth? Were, were you a fan of Craven?
0: Craven the Hunter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guy just ran around New York City in a loincloth with a... <laughs> oh, man. I actually like the Hobgoblin, those little pumpkin bombs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Turns out he was an old high school buddy of Peter's. That's of Cheddar Goblin? Crazy. Cheddar, you know, Cheddar like, Goblin. I believe we've given... St- I mean, we could go on all night about Stan Lee, but what we should do instead is... Let's give a
3: little up. boot of remembrance. Let's fill
1: up some of this boot of remembrance for the 95 years. Holy crap. I think that's our longest... That's got to be the oldest guy I we've ever... So. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Bert was
1: name. He, he was like eighty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, since he meant the most to you, Yaks, you shall <laughs> chug the boot of remembrance. I shall give it to him. Yay. Let's send Stanley's ghost out of capital city. What was the city that was just, New York? It was just New York, York, York City, right? <laughs> yeah, it, was it was just New York. It's not DC. It's no, New York. It was just send him out of New York City <laughs> up into the. The uh, Metropolis No Gotham, No Starlight City Where did Thor and all those guys live up there? Uh, Asgard Asgard Send him up in the Asgard, yaks Or to Cha- Cha- To Valhalla Just take the Just That's wherever fine. the Bifrost took him <laughs> Let's you. go ahead. Asgard Asgard. Asgard. It is. Asgard. 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 He's doing it. He's doing it. Asgard. Asgard.
3: it Oh. Ah, jeez, guys. The boot. Hey, is that
1: your Stanley voice? Uh, super work there, Cody. Excelsior. Excelsior.
3: Excelsior.
1: Guys, Yaks just chugged the boot of remembrance. Well, we used to fill it up to the top. <laughs> We're getting older, so you it's got a little bit. <laughs> we thought it was about the heel, still. It's 9% beer. We which got It's 9%. Was, which oh, which we, it. we should probably talk about. No, um, real quick, so we can light up the cigar, let me introduce the cigar, Do it. if that's okay. As you guys know, every uh, episode we pair a cigar, a premium cigar. With a premium adult beverage and a premium adult movie. This was premium movie? Moving on. The cigar. <laughs> the Morphine Lancero by Black Label Trading Company. Uh, size seven and a quarter by forty two. The wrapper, now I know the lighting's not great in here, but look at the wrapper. It's actually a barber pole. If you hold it up till it's a very subtle, but if you hold it up, you'll see there's two distinctly yeah, I got you, you I are indeed
3: correct. I would have totally missed that. It
1: is a barber pole with Ecuador Maduro and Mexican San Andres. Oh Two? God. Black on black. Who would have thought? Black on <laughs> black! On <Blair. laughs> I was going to make some weird Stan Lee thing, man, and <laughs> that just was going to come out wrong. <laughs> uh The binder was Nicaraguan Habano and the filler is Nicaraguan. Save price point for later. Uh This release commemorates the 5th anniversary of of both the company, Black Label Trading Company, and its first limited release, the Morphine. Uh, man, feel that in your hand. That's an oily yeah, son of an a bitch. A bastard. Uh, Black Label's national sales manager, Derek Matthews, Mister Fancy Pants, explained to me in a conference call at TNCC headquarters. Meanwhile, at TNCC <laughs> headquarters, Matt yeah, Caves is with the comic book to me now. Uh, <laughs> That the morphine technically is a barb pole, but not for the visual aesthetic. It was done so for the flavor aesthetic. Oh, okay. Um, though if you look closely, you can you can definitely see the slight difference in wrapper leaf color. Assuming, as Derek said, your rods and cones can percept such things. Mine cannot. I don't care for Derek assuming anything about my rods or your rods, but I'm going to address that with him... Privately at another time. What about the cones? <laughs> I'll talk about you and your cones later. Uh, yeah, so it's the only Lan- only the Lancero size is the barber pole. There's two other sizes. Oh, really? Uh, they are just strictly the Mexican San Andreas. So it's just this guy that... Uh, man, there's a, uh, a Neanderthal. It's called the Genetic Deformity. That has the same thing. It's a bar pole, but man, you got to really hold it up to the light and, and and see it. This is, but this, I mean, you you, you can definitely tell. But man, it's oily. Holy I shit! Admit, I, this I actually,
3: oily. because because the lights are pretty low in here, I yeah. wouldn't have been able to tell. I can see it now. Once you that you tell me that um, is there.
1: It has a closed foot. It's beautiful. So, it is,
3: oh, man, you can just. Feel that stuff. Well, I almost
1: I didn't want place. to mention the closed Ooh. foot, so Tut would try to get some cold draw notes on it. But
3: I, I did, and I, res- I didn't, <laughs> I didn't
1: say anything. Man, uh, the drone. This is toadish hill. You haven't clipped your top. The top, I. It's not a pigtail. It's like a chocolate chip uh, cap on looks there. Like a boob. It looks like or a boob. <laughs> it looks like a boob. True believer. Uh, how about <laughs> She hoax titties? Uh, Ah, come on guys. <laughs> Sorry. Uh maybe She-Hulk fans in the house. Yes.
0: Uh, I am indeed lie. a She-Hulk fan.
3: I'm not gonna lie. Come you, on, she's a lawyer and she's like big Hulk.
1: Oh, is she a lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. So when she objects, she gets <laughs> She really <laughs> She really objects. <laughs> she's got some big Hulk boobies. Yes, yes, she does. I think that was from the Gamma Radiation. <laughs> when she's a lawyer, are they small? She doesn't actually revert back to human, ever. She, she did, goes on trial cases as the Hulk? She is She-Hulk yes. like full-time. <laughs> the backstory what? is that uh, she was injured and Bruce Banner, because they're cousins, they mm. had the same blood type, he didn't realize the effects. His blood... Being infused with the gamma radiation. So She's basically 24 7 Hulk. She's 24 7 Hulk. But she kept her day job. Yeah. and they let her Gotta keep, make a living. They let her keep
0: her day job. Well, what else was she gonna do? What are life? you gonna do? Tell her no? Oh, you're gonna say no to her? We won't let you go in there. What kind of cases does she try? Any case
1: she wants. <laughs> Can you just walk into her office? No. She picks you as a client. Car- <laughs> well, I, I, well she, I, she was an Avenger, right? Uh, she was an Avenger. She was also in the Fantastic Four. Oh, was she? Um, several other groups. That's but, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, tell, you just lit up, boy. The, some really nice spice on the yeah. on the light out, like yeah. eye-watering spice. Nice. It I is don't think. Nice. I man, I had a morphine, but it was forever ago.
3: I did too, but I think it must have been on one of the San Andreas ones. And it, well, you're right. It was forever ago. I like this. You get a nice little. Uh, tea on the cold draw with just the slightest hint of ginger. I don't know where that ginger was coming That's from. It's ginger, huh? But it was nice. It was very, like, on the nose in the cold draw. It was good.
1: Uh, I am... Uh, thankfully, uh, unlike last episode, uh, the draw is not o- It's not as full-blown open, um, but it's it's got a little bit of resistance to it, but just... Enough to get me a mouthful of good smoke. Like I'm not. I'm not complaining. Yep. Um, boy, really strong in the nose uh, early on. Don't know if I'm getting the ginger. No, no, no. It was just strictly on the cold draw. It's
3: mm. not. And it was just like I'm talking like maybe two percent. It was so hidden.
1: Because all I'm getting on the on the initial things here is just a load of spice on
0: the nose and some earth and, and chocolate on the draw yeah I'm
3: getting some uh, earth and chocolate on the on the palate
1: mm-hmm. it's nice smoke production awesome it's one of those beautiful smokes where as you can see it here if you're watching us on YouTube uh, the smoke pours out of the head and travels down to the foot of the cigar um Man, it's just so oily. It feels really good. I know. And, uh, it really, it, it really just does. It's just it's it slick. great. It's, it's great hand feel. It's got good hand feel. Is that a thing? It is now. Uh Yaks. You with us? I am. Spice on the nose. Spice. Earth. Nice I got I'm getting like a, a real dark chocolate. Like a Coke. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's uh, some
3: there's something there and that might, uh, be, it say, might be it might be the was dark it's, chocolate it was that I very I'm, chocolatey. But it's like a dark it's like a, it's almost like a baker's yeah,
1: like the the line past dark chocolate, like a so it's cook.
3: like a little bit bitter.
1: Yeah, a little bitterness to it. I like it.
3: Yeah, there's something else. I'm, I'm I I can't put my tongue on yet.
1: Would you put your tongue on She-Hulk if you were single? If I were single, yeah. Is she red or green? Green. She's green. Who's the green I don't, She-Hulk? That is the green she I'm sorry. Who's the red She-Hulk? Oh, I there isn't know. a red She-Hulk. There's a, there's red, a Hulk. red Hulk
3: yeah, don't do the Red Hulk thing. That's okay. just... But
1: there's not a Red She-Hulk. There's not a Red She-Hulk. I think I could probably fool around with Red She-Hulk before I fool around with Green She-Hulk.
3: As a Star Trek fan, I'm all about the Greens.
1: Green implies to me infection. Mm-mm. And like, you think Emerald.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm? Emerald?
3: Hey, if Green's good enough
1: for Captain Kirk,
3: good enough for me. I, I gotta go with that.
1: Well, I'm not fooling around with any she hulks Unless I'm like in really bad legal straits, and I can't afford like the retainer. What's her name? Jessica Robbins? Roberts?
3: Or am I totally off? No, i doesn't.
1: Wouldn't she uh, have the same last name as the Hulk if they're related? No. Well, oh, they're cousins. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. It gets so like, messy. I uh, I get you. All right, well, let's keep... You know, on. actually, one of the funniest things is here... What was this? Several years ago, and one of the... I can't remember if it was in X-Men... She, uh, of course, being lawyer, she does also represent uh, a lot of the superpowered individuals, mm-hmm. especially when they come because they. It's very difficult sometimes for them to get representation, considering they just, you know, I don't know, knocked over a building. Sure. So one of the. <laughs> and this was one of the things that I loved because I was like, you know, uh, Juggernaut. No, oh, the bad guy. Yeah. She represented Juggernaut. She represents She slept with Juggernaut. She's, what? Yeah. I did not see that coming in the comic book. Like, wow! Man, they've changed. Yikes! Did he take off that helmet? Instead? Yeah, no. He he got arrested, and he was like,
3: he was trying <laughs> I never to take this helmet for,
1: off. He was trying to atone for his sins. Like, hey, you know, whatever. And uh-huh. She's like, you know, she was doing like pro bono work. Look, I'm gonna.
0: Oh, it was pro, pro bono. bono. Right. And then, like, she started talking to him, and he's like, You never said, oh like, You're usually kids. punching
1: me in the face. You never wanted to talk to me. How about you punch me in the nuts? Apparently so. Hey, can you uh, give me another Yeah, another yes. Beer? Hey, speaking of beers, y- uh, Yak Boy, this would be a perfect time to introduce tonight's beer. A beer? I get so excited when we do Unibrew beers. Ah, Unibrew. Thank <sighs> hey, God uh, we've never done them before. Oh, wait. I'm going to say it. At least top three breweries for me. They're pretty, They're pretty awesome. damn good. Yeah, yeah. We've actually done, not counting this one, we've done two others. Mm-hmm. The uh, Don The Don All of their names, of course, being French. Donde gift from God. Are they from Quebec? Is that correct? Uh, they are in, Ch- I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it, Chamberlain, Quebec. Chamberlain, Quebec. 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 Uh, started in 1990. I don't know. That's uh, right. by two gentlemen, a uh, Sergey Racine. And Quebec native Andre Dion. Andre Dion. Dion. Yes, they have gone on to produce many, mm. many fine beers. Like I said, we did Don. We love the Don de It Was a gift from God, and then we it was did a gift from God. Megadeth beer. Oh, that's right. We did their Megadeth beer, and that one was pretty ballsy. Yes. But still, what they indubitably—I use that word right. Yes, you did. You know without doubt when you drink a Unibroue beer, you are going to get a myriad of. did I use that word right? Yes, you did. Of flavors. Yes. These fools are not afraid <laughs> to pack the fuck out of flavors <laughs> in their beer, and somehow they they balance it out to where that everything works. I dude, this is delicious. Yes. Oh, that's uh, good. Well, the the Mega beer. We I, we a a two a tau limond two two Le Monde. Le Monde. Le Monde. Monde? Oui, oui. Oui, oui. Which uh, stands for Set Me Free, uh, which was a song by... Jacques Finet. No, Megadeth. It was Megadeth. Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine. I'm going to go Juggernaut on you in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Juggernaut. Pretty accent. And (laughs) this one, of course, Le Fin du Monde. The End of the World. The End of the World. I almost saved this for... uh, There was a Showtime series, The Masters of Horror... Yeah. Years ago. Oh, probably going remember. on 15 years ago. Where they it. brought horror directors in and they did each horror director like carpenter uh you know Toby Hooper, uh Don Coscarelli they they do an hour long. It was like an hour you can do whatever you want. You're the masters of horror, entertain us for an hour. And uh John Carpenter did one called Body Bags. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not not Body Bags, I'm sorry. That was his old Showtime thing. This was... um, That was
3: in the anthology thingy.
1: uh, The name escapes me right now. Cigarette Burns was the name of his short. And basically, it was about... Well, when you watch an old film on a projector... Yeah, you get the little... You get the little burn, and it's called Cigarette Burns. And there was this film uh, archivist, collector of old films, played by Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead, before he was anybody... And he was in search of this film, this notorious film called Eight Millimeter, La Fin du Monde. La Fin du Monde. And the the, the mytho- mythology went that it showed one time at a film festival, like in France or somewhere, and everyone in the audience went nuts and started killing each other. And so he had to go. It was the whole hour was him going across this trek through Europe trying to track down this film. Yeah. it's a really cool little short. You should cool. I recommend yeah. you check it out. So I was going to actually pair it with that someday because you know it's perfect for it. So you wanted us to watch this thing so we'd go insane and <laughs> kill each other, That's going to happen one of these days. So oh. I'll be on trial with t- She-Hulk as my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> We're not done tonight. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us about this one. Uh, Le Femme du Monde is a Belgian-style triple uh, bottle-conditioned golden ale. Uh, it was introduced in 1994... Uh, The name, of course, for them is derived from the European explorer's belief that they had reached the end of the world when they discovered America. They were going to go right off the
0: edge. They were going to go go right off the
1: edge. There's still some people out there that think the world's flat. We
0: don't like them.
1: I hate them. But uh, this one, it is a... thinks the world's flat? No. 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 I can prove
3: the world's not flat.
0: He's one of those guys. Mm.
3: If the world was flat, cats would have knocked
1: everything off of
0: it. Oh, Jesus. Did you have that
1: in the poster in your room? Yeah. Do it. Sorry, you, you were talking about beard. Why can't you just have a little cue that says hang in there? You were talking about beard manly stuff. It's your own damn vault. Back to things. This is cats again, I nine. Nine percent AB. Really, objection? Where's she? I we object, to ha- Your ha- Honor. We need to have that stricken from the record. Strike these. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go down? No, you know what, Juggernaut, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that later. We're drinking 9%. I'm oh, sure it'll come back up. How many others could survive that? I mean, oh, he the things juggernaut. He's, juggernaut. As he says, once he gets going, he can't be stopped. Well, what kind of bed can handle that action? Actually, the picture they drew, the bed did not handle it. It was it oh, show <laughs> Like the legs? Like, oh, yeah. It was, just like, <laughs> like, it was great.
2: Because
1: uh, it's one of those things where like, you know, you're reading this comic book, <laughs> like, oh, man, Juggernaut, <laughs> like, you are trying to hit on She-Hulk. You flip the page like, "Oh, broken bed." You sons of bitches. Meanwhile, Universe listening to this, going, "You assholes! Would <laughs> you just talk about the beer?" <laughs> I thought they'd have to go into like one of those like simulators, like anti-gravity, like astronauts going to and like do it like thousands of miles above Earth, because there's no way like that pounding could. So, uh, <laughs> a triple beer. What do you mean bottle? Was it bottle aged? Bottle condition. What does that mean? It means that it was conditioned in a bottle. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what it means that is that. sounds good. I'll have that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it uh, usually means that uh, yeast is still. Uh, oh, it's still mm. developing as it is right. within the bottle. It's still active, so. I got gotcha. you. We are going to keep talking about She-Hole for the rest of... Oh, God, this is going to be a long one. Anyways, 9% ABV. This is a powerhouse. Oh, we've done worse. We've done a lot. But, <laughs> you know, beer. surprisingly, it's only 19 IBUs. Oh, yeah, there's no... Yeah, no, man. no, no, no. I figured there'd it's be a sweet. little bit more. Do you want to start the conversation as far as flavors you're getting out of the thing? I don't know where to start. <laughs> I, I... Or do they stop the minute you lit that up?
3: Blah, 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 blah. I can't... Pinpoint
1: flavors in that. I can't really I'm having a hard time. It's floral. It's got some uh, citrus. It's heavy, but not too heavy. I mean, it's very. Vis- it's got viscous. a little viscous. It's viscous is all get it's out. Opaque.
3: Man, there's like two percent maltiness. It's just present enough. You know to what? Taste For a beer
1: it. this color, I was actually surprised at how malty
3: yeah. uh, it is. It's enough to taste it, but it's not enough to be a characteristic of the beer. You're right. You got a whole bunch of you've got your your normal citrus and your normal fruit uh, uh, floral characteristics of the triple that I like. Outside of that, man, you can go all over the place. Coriander, a little bit of ginger as well. I mean. A little bit of lavender, either. I mean,
1: actually got a little bit of the coriander. Yes. Uh, there's there's lots of stuff going on in this beer. But man, they just balance it so well. Um, with you know, I don't know. I'm just picturing bunch of guys in chef hats from Quebec, just be this, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, I'm Le loving it. Pois. But it's consistent. The first beer tastes just like a second beer. It's not... They, they've they got a, yeah. their science yeah. down to a science.
3: Yes. <laughs> they know the sciences. And they're very They're, they're beer
1: scientists. With the numbers and the <laughs> letters. <laughs> the measurements and... Uh, I, I will... Uh, so we all like the beer. Yeah. So far, it's... You need another one. I do. It's delicious. Um... Real quick, while you were talking, I just got a really great Nicaraguan tobacco mineral note on the retrohale. Have you gotten that yet? I think that's what I'm getting. Yeah.
3: I've been chasing down the the third flavor on my palate, and I cannot isolate it yet.
1: I'm just getting a really nice uh, coffee on the retrohale now. It's showed up a little bit. Mineral. The spice is still hanging at the top of my nose. And then just earth and chocolate on the draw, um, man. Yeah, I'm liking it. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. When before I lit up, I mean, it was just it. I really wasn't like detecting anything like uh, hay or anything, but it was just it smelled like. Had a sweetness. There the is. Sweet. I could yeah. not figure it out. And I told you guys. And it's, I mean, uh, not to say like it was sugar or anything. Like you know, like you said with the, the chocolate, it's not it's chocolate. It's ginger. it's like baker's chocolate. It's, it's that that it's sweetness. He's saying it's the ginger. It's ginger. Uh, yeah. When I when I held all three scared. cigars, we're smoking a night up to my nose. I mean, the, I'm factoring that aroma into my aroma score, which usually you know we do the aroma the actual smoke one because it just smelled. Like ri- like I just reached into Nicaragua And I, yeah. I marched up the volcano And reached in and grabbed the soil And they just smelled it. You mate. took the
3: picture in the field with the leaves Oh,
1: big time <laughs> No shirt on Smelling tobacco She-hocked between my legs It was just that moment you always dream of, you know I can say that because she's fictional She doesn't really exist There we go I meant she was down and Taking the picture of me Holding the tobacco mm-hmm.
0: Is that what you meant?
1: You, uh... 84 episodes <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble For talking about She-Hulk Alright Well window. this is
3: a good spot For me to request That we take a little bit Of a break So I can go to the She-Hulk
1: room I mean the Do we have a She-Hulk room? Little boys room? Wait Go into the door And mark Juggernauts Gotcha. Juggernauts. You don't want to go in the She-Hulk door. <laughs> Tell, we can edit out that part about you using the little boy's room.
3: Oh, okay. No, I went to
1: the Juggernauts room. That is the little boy's room. Oh, damn it. Cody and I used Juggernauts' dad's room. <laughs> did he ever have a dad in the comics? Yes, he did. I think he <laughs> was, <laughs> like, was like five foot. They thought of 140. everything. 140. Oh, yes. That's one of the reasons why the Juggernaut was the way he was, because his dad was incredibly abusive. He was a Juggernaut. So Can imagine was... that guy being a soccer dad, like, on the weekend. Like... Shit.
3: Dream. Actually, I think Juggernaut would be kind of a cool dad. He'd be a horrible parent, but, you know, he'd be a cool guy to hang out with.
0: Actually, that was one of the reasons the
1: Juggernaut... He had got... tried to clean up his act, but then, like... There was this little, What's he gonna do? Well, there's there a little. He's like ten feet wide. Construction work. And four feet tall. And we're at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> on a tunneling crew. <laughs> oh yeah, he did that tunneling. Capability. Well, I, I didn't say like he tried to like. Go uh, no, on, that like, was Man Man. But he tried to clean up his thing. Uh, he tried to clean up his act, and he was actually. Got clean, got off the drugs. Wor- wor- well, not. Wor- no, he was. He still had the crimson gem of Sidorak <laughs> stuck in his chest, making him the Juggernaut. Uh, but there was a little mutant boy. He was like a little fish boy, anyways. <laughs> he was like he was like a little like like he was like a fish kid, anyways. His dad was incredibly abusive. The juggernaut went over to the kid's house, saw that the dad was like literally like just pummeling this kid. Yeah. Which reminded him of his dad. Right. And, of course, he's the Juggernaut. It's oh, old. and then She-Hulk represented him in the and trial. And he basically, like, grabbed the dad yeah, and Luke to, Cage to tell seemed, him he needs to stop. Like Luke Cage. But he's the Juggernaut. And so like when he grabbed Luke the Cage, guy, killed him. He, he Luke basically... Luke Cage stole this knife. Is that yes. why he was on trial and yes. She-Hulk represented him? Yes. And did Juggernaut end up raising Fishboy? No. Fishboy died. How'd he yeah. die? The I, dad. I can't remember everything. This has been a while. He was killed in the bar. Juggernaut accidentally stepped on him when he was walking. Then, yeah, you know. <laughs> How dare you beat up this kid? He, he took <laughs> out Oops. his sorrows by <laughs> yikes, lifting a glass. Oh, of was Juggernaut, Lefiendum a boozer. Mol- oh, yeah. oh yeah, Apparently, I don't know much about Juggernaut. Juggernaut's been a pretty sure characters. like Tut. I get him confused a lot with Ram Man from He Man. They look a lot alike. They well, do either that or Man at War. No, that's Man at Arms. Man at Arms. He, he-, he- looked man nothing or, like it.
3: No oh, man. He had a cool stash. He did he
2: have a did. Nice
3: mustache. He did like Craven the Hunter. <laughs> it's our comic book episode. <laughs> I was about to say, we just freaking geeked out.
1: No, we're not doing a comic book movie tonight. I wish
3: we can. We could totally improv mm-hmm. and just stay change this.
1: No, no. on
3: comics. No, we're gonna we com- could totally just talk comics the rest
1: of this show. Then I would have wasted...
0: <sighs> How many was this? Was it? Two Cody, hour, it was a two-hour movie. Two-hour movie. We
3: already wasted those two hours. Oh, wow. Regardless of whether we
0: have so this show or not. So much for my questions
1: on how you guys are going to feel about tonight's film. Regardless, we it could, had its moments. We could totally not do this show at all, and it would still oh, be two hours wasted. Sh- shut your trap. Let's get into this. I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't help but notice that this movie has won awards. Oh, people like this movie. This. I can't figure out. Could you could you guys at least hold it together so I tell everybody what the movie is
2: <laughs> No, I
3: right, you know what
1: i I'm gonna hold it. it. Tut's not going to hold it. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, sl- gonna hold it over here. Like the juggernaut was holding <laughs> the juggernaut was holding Fishboy. Oh god <laughs> wrong I mean comic. Wrong comic, wrong comic. Poor little fish boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, movie... come on guys. <laughs> Tonight's... I still like you, Stanley. It's, it's so bad, but it's so good. Uh, tonight's movie is Mandy. Mandy. 2018's Mandy. Brand oh. new. Just hit video on the Just Under like Man. Barry Manilow's song. It was such... Do you want to give us a couple lines? Mandy, I really don't. Mandy,
3: you were a good girl. That's no, Brandy. But you're so hard. That's Brandy.
1: Oh. And that was not Barry Manilow. Oh. Okay. Written and directed by Panos Cosmatos. Uh, His only prior feature, 2010's Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I admittedly liked a lot, which led me to this film. Uh, He's also the son of legendary director George P. Cosmatos. Can you Mm -hmm. name what he did? No, I can't. Can you, Tut? No. Well, you both suck, because he directed Tombstone, he directed Rambo 2, First Blood, and he directed Cobra. The guy's in 80s... Early '90s, he was an action hero. God, man, that's got to be a horrible. And his dad did these wonderful things, and we ended up with Mandy. He's dead.
3: That makes it even more horrible.
1: Thanksgiving. (laughs) Now it's like Fishboy's house at Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Although, if you're I'm going back to bed with (laughs) She-Hulk. If you're if you're to believe the rumors, though, apparently uh, it's pretty much considered can at this point that Kurt Russell directed most of Tombstone. Really? Yeah, th- uh, there was a director on board originally that got fired. They brought in Cosmato's, and I guess he was more of a kind of a guiding force. But apparently, like to keep it all together and to keep it moving, Kurt Russell said in numerous interviews that I basically, and that's not really his style to take credit for shit he didn't do. So it's yeah. kind of accepted at this point that Russell was out of three different dudes, kind of the most. Uh, but it was the residuals from Tombstone. When his dad died, George P. Cosmatos, uh Panos took the residuals that he received from this. Tombstone to make his first film, Beyond the Black Rainbow, oh. which was just visually... Man, why do I, I... think I've actually seen that. I may have made you, because when I saw it, this would have been a couple years ago, and I told everyone, especially you who has such a, a love for camera work yeah, and look, I made everyone watch it. I mean, it was just an immersive, much like tonight's film color palettes galore but it was done for micro nothing and it just i loved it i really really dug it um and i've heard i mean a lot of people have been talking about this movie mandy so i was like you know what i know because this director it's gonna be a head trip it kind of morphine cigar morphine take too much morphine you hallucinate a little bit yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the cigar ties in nicely And the beer for the main character is beer. This is the end of the world for him True I think it all works Still got it Well I know I'm going to give two thumbs up at least uh, well, Which
3: one am I going to give it to? Let
1: me change my, your mind uh, Real quick before I get into this movie And we really are going to get into it um, God I'm liking the cigar man at this point it is just it is chocolatey as hell man. That that's the number one thing I'm picking up right now. And it it's it straight for me now. It was going towards the bitter chocolate. It came back to just the full-blown dark really nice dark it's, chocolate. It, and just a touch of that mineral. Mhm.
3: Yeah, I'm getting a bit of that uh... I've been focusing a lot on the palate, and it's just nice, rich, Nicaraguan. Just that earthy, spicy, little bit of leather. Just
1: Spice mineral just on the nose. Yeah. Uh, you got the earthiness, the the chocolate. I so still far, get a little bit only, of coffee on the nose, too.
3: So far, the only criticism that I can give right now is that my cigar is a little... I wish that there was a little less resistance on the draw.
1: Try, try cutting it just a little bit. Just a little bit more? Yeah, because like you, I saw where you cut right underneath that chocolate chip yeah. cap of it. I went ahead and could just a little bit lower than that, and it made it made a world of difference. Uh, just, yeah, just clip it a little bit more, and that uh, for me that that's all I needed. I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot, and I think it's going great with the beer. Uh, that beer is just
3: phenomenal. It's a it's a very tasty cigar. All right.
1: Well, I shall come back. Alright boys, Mandy, as I pour myself another glass goblet of beer goblet we open with a quote on the screen in red text when I die, bury me deep lay two speakers at my feet wrap some headphones around my head and rock and roll me when I'm dead did you guys look up where the quote was from? nope well, that's why I do what I do
0: I knew you guys wouldn't all I could hear was Mako's voice reading it
1: like Conan (laughs) Uh, it does not assign credit to the quote but I did a bit of digging it turns out that those were the final words of Douglas Roberts who was convicted of kidnapping robbery and murder here in Texas and executed in 2005
0: It's kind of a random
1: a random quote and that just sets the tone for this entire movie the red opening credits then run over aerial footage of a dense forest set to a mystical King Crimson uh, this tune.
0: I recognized.
1: Uh, Doesn't your business partner like King Crimson? He likes Yes and all that kind of stuff, right?
3: He likes Kansas. Pro-
1: prog rock, as they call it. He likes Kansas. I think it's prog rock. Sticks. You no, know, he probably likes King Crimson, though. Uh, it's it's definitely a, a unique kind of genre of music. It's all right. Uh, I, dig, I dig some of it, sure. Um, we settled down on a group of lumberjacks Finishing up their work for the day One of those lumberjacks being Red Oh, Red Played here by the one and only Nicolas Cage All right 84 shows we haven't done yeah, a Nick Cage movie No, we haven't
3: So, I'm on board at this point Okay, well, let me know
1: I, I'm on board, too, at this point uh, I'd only be on board if he was going to do something crazy Oh, oh what? wait <laughs> Wait for it Won't we'll to wait long they're helicoptered out of the uh, job site, and Red climbs in his Chevy Blazer. Was it a Blazer? It was. I a think blazer. It was a full size. Oh, was, it was yeah. a sweet, sweet Blazer. Uh, Yak Boy drove us around in his Blazer. We're uh, set in what? 1983? A- 1983.
3: 1983.
1: three. Uh, which he Red drives away uh, through the shadowy mountains. It never says it, but I'm guessing this is California. I'm guessing or, this is like or like Oregon, Oregon maybe. Yeah. Pacific Coast. Uh, as he's driving, though, you hear Ronald Reagan delivering a speech on the car radio. It is it is 1983.
3: Yeah, in a very bad where they chopped up Reagan's speech to space it out a little bit. It was a
1: little bit. I think it was like coming down on pornography and, and the arts a little bit. It was bit. funny
3: because, like, you know, it wasn't... At first, I just thought that they were just, you know, throwing flavor in there, which that was fine. But then when he clicked off the radio, I'm like, oh, that was supposed to be one continuous speech that we were listening to? Because it was obvious. It was like... Ambience, ambience. Pause. No ambience. Yeah. Ambience,
1: amb- Oh, you yeah, just, his, just split it up. Yeah, you. No, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, but yeah, he he doesn't like what Ronnie's saying, so he kills it, and he finally arrives at his awesome cabin deep in the woods. this well, is the, no like Reagan Evil was Dead about,
3: type cabin. And it does it does need to point out that Reagan was talking about the great spiritual awakening that America was going through.
1: That does tie into the correct. Uh, but he gets at his cabin, and this is no Evil Dead shack. This is an awesome cabin. It's, it's sweet. Huge, f- giant Florida ceiling windows, artwork. If a lumberjack was going to build his own cabin, this <laughs> is <laughs> it. <laughs> it's just, this is primarily. I, I built it s- out of a single tree. <laughs> 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 it's really all the wood I needed because everything else is glass. <laughs> it's beautiful though. It's a beautiful it little is, little It is more an artist studio than it is a cabin. Correct. Looks a lot like my uncle Brent's place out in Austin, actually. Actually, it did wait okay oh yes, this was your uncle oh, yeah. uh, it is just a really cool very modern uh, looking uh, cabin his wife Mandy is sitting at her drawing table illustrating and she's happy to see him and he's happy to see her uh, they soon make their he looks at her drawing that she's been working all day and then they make their way to the bedroom where they lay there under the under the moon and discuss their favorite planets she's very much a hippie. Uh, you can tell from everything Ugh. she talks about is of the earth and the. She talks about her favorite planet. I think it was Saturn, maybe. Saturn. Uh, and he very much hangs on every word as he rubs her neck. Um, I wouldn't say that
3: she's a hippie. I would say she's like new age. New Age spiritualism, a free East
1: spirit, a witch. Yeah, she's definitely a free spirit, but she's
0: we not like we call those hippies.
3: She's not it's, like it's flowers hippie, right? in her. No, she's not like flowers. No, in her no, hair. she's not. She
1: wears Molly Crew t-shirts. And she's a new.
3: She's a new age girl. You um, know, there was like a, there was like that whole movement I'm in the seventies, sure
1: early eighties the before they really tagged that. Yeah. Uh, but from the music here by the recently deceased in the last year composer uh, Johan Johansson, it's a great soundtrack. You may not. Like the movie, but the music really fits it. He's only like 48 years old. This guy's done yeah. a ton of really yeah. big movies. Sorry. Uh, to the constantly evolving color palette, to the cinematography, it's very apparent already in this bedroom scene uh, that we're in for a completely immersive, personal style filmmaking that we don't do a lot here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess bikini car wash was, no was no and, old, uh, and,
3: and and let me let me i i do want to couch this is that no matter what else i say i respect this film for what it tried to do i respect the artist for what he did and i respect well, good on you us going after this film
1: good on you i agree that uh,
3: said i will disagree on the soundtrack. I thought it was droning so fucking It did, much.
1: but then later it gets into guitars and it and it. You
3: lost me. You lost me. Okay. It was an hour of.
1: I thought it. I, I thought it fit the visuals. Bow. I thought if you went with like the trendy thing to do now, a synth score, it wouldn't have worked. I thought if you went with an orchestral, orchestral score, it would have seemed completely out of place. I thought this it, guy's kind of minimalist, like you said, kind of drone. But give me some space to come up for air. You did Well, that's on the director.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was just straight up, You felt suffocated, by the, music? You felt suffocated yeah, by the music? For
1: an hour. You felt suffocated by the music? Yeah, it was just, it was okay. way too heavy. Okay. I actually enjoyed the score, which is, uh, well, we'll get back to it. Um, this Mandy and Red spend the next day out on the lake. He fishes. She draws Kim. in the canoe.
3: Can we talk about this actress?
1: I'm getting there. Okay. Because uh,
3: once I get there, I've, I've pretty much said I'm all my there. positive stuff, so I can I can cash out for the rest uh, of this podcast. Oh, you
1: have positive things to say about the actress? Yeah. Oh, we're on so different pages here. Okay. We'll get there. Uh, and then at night, after Day in the Lake, they lay by the campfire uh, on the shore. No matter what she does, he's just awestruck at the beauty that is Mandy. His face, his expression just exudes love. And almost, I can't believe you're with me Yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And Nick Cage sells it without saying a goddamn word. I mean, uh, I just yeah. see it in his face. Like, I can't believe I have you. Yeah. It, and, it, and the fact that you read the same thing without it ever being said, that's, mm-hmm. that's masterful, man. Cage is a good actor. That type of awareness delivered so subtly by one of, I think, Everyone would say one of our most interesting leading men out there today. I mean, nobody is doing what he's doing. And well, Mandy, played by, here we go, Andrea Riseborough, is okay. her name, isn't your typical beauty by a long shot. In this film, she's very plain, makeup-free. She's got long, unkept black hair, pale, translucent skin. I mean, if anything, the way he looks at her... The, I She looks like some chick we'd see at open mic night, the pub, with her guitar. <laughs> just like doing Maybe. smashing pumpkins No, there's, I, there's
3: pretty people at O'Brien's open mic night. This girl this, is an interesting... Oh, I thought you were going to say something positive about Oh, it. I am. Oh, okay. So uh, I was trying to describe this chick to my wife. And I was like... It was such an interesting cast because here you have Nicolas Cage and you need to cast a wife for Nicolas Cage and you cast this woman.
1: you think Bruce Willis is okay in this casting choice? No. Oh, hell no. <laughs> This woman is just man. She has got Thing such. Good, if you look her up on IMDb, she's attractive. Oh, she's is a really she? Really beautiful. Oh, she wow. Is gorgeous. She's gorgeous. <laughs> oh my God, because she does not look gorgeous. No, well, they did something here, and I couldn't figure it out. Because I'm looking at her like. I told my wife that I was like, All it, right, it, so, it was like a pairing here because I'm like, normally, you know, the 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 stances has always been, you know, you take the guy, and he's. Average Michael so Douglas. Far. It's like, who do and we get to be? Michael like, Douglas's wife. Like He's a 80. Gorgeous 30 year old uh, <laughs> Anna Ferris. All right. <laughs> well, this is the instance where you see, you know, Nick Cage's character, the lumberjack, coming home. You expect him to have a semi attractive. No, you expect girlfriend? him to see hot. And then this woman walked, and you're like, I was, I was immediately like, what? She I, looks I like know. the girl from The Ring who crawls out of the well. Yes, she does. No, she does. And
3: I like t- she's
0: dry. She's not soaking wet all the time.
3: I was telling, I was telling uh, my wife, I was like, all right, so imagine a girl that's like one sandwich shy of pure anorexia. She's like maybe 85 pounds. Yeah. She's tall. She's lanky. Well, uh, I couldn't, she's got well, long, straggly hair. The one thing I couldn't hair, figure out. But if you take right above her eyebrows to just below her jaw, she's got a very beautiful face and she's got interesting eyes, but the rest is just like this real pale wife. And so she was like, so basically she's the opposite of a butterface. Yeah, sort of.
1: She's <laughs> a butter I'm sorry.
3: Body. I'm sorry. I cracked up at that. That's my wife. <laughs> High five. But, uh, no, and it was funny because she was like, so did you like her? I was like, yeah, I would totally cast her. She is such an interesting she had had look. She has
1: a scar across her face, though.
3: But well, I, I know, thought that was interesting, too. She is there. so
1: interesting in this. And that's what I was like. I'm, or her
3: look is. This yeah. is
1: one of the things, like, what's going on here? I'm trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you, well, you do learn through her. When they lay together at night, she tells a lot of stories. She had a very fucked up childhood. Sounds like her dad was very abusive and all this. I, what I love about this movie is they don't go too far. Yeah, they don't go. They also don't, I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out why she was so pale considering she had nothing but windows in her house. <laughs> well she spends all day <laughs> out on the lake yeah. in her house. <laughs> Surely oh, no. she must get some sun. She's a vampire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, her acting, yeah. But yeah, uh it was it was very I uh, definitely cast on visual she's what I saw she she wasn't a good actress. No. Uh, Thankfully she only has about 15 lines Well then we go the next day During the day From what we can tell Mandy sits in bed reading fantasy novels About dragons, primordial ooze All, right. all that yeah. stuff tut likes. Come on Mandy All that and what not uh, These books lead her to take long walks through the forest Which through the director's lens are very hyper realized Rich reds and purples Colors just dripping off the trees Heavy use of slow motion Dissolve after dissolve After dissolve uh, well, I'm thankful they don't do that
0: anymore after this scene.
1: You assholes said no more TNA. <laughs> you assholes said no more TNA movies. No, whoa, more, bo- whoa, no whoa. more boneheaded. Who said no, no more, TNA. more TNA? No more boneheaded
3: but, horror movies. No. Huh, did you say this? No, I said no more boring movies. Well, here we go. This is not. This movie isn't boring. Oh, yes, it is.
1: Well, Mandy likes to be in the forest. Bam, bam. Mandy loves it in the forest. It's secluded. It's peaceful, or at least it always has been, until she encounters an old '80s van. I thought
3: Mandy was his name. This his name's b- Red.
1: Yeah. Red. yeah. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, credibility. X that out. Can I get She-Hulk in here? Please. We <laughs> need a ruling. Uh, um, Give me a couple more uh, La Fine du Monde. Yeah, well, then. a van. She's she's walking home from one of her, her, her sessions out in the woods, and a van, a creepy 80s cargo van, containing a motley crew of complete weirdos drives <laughs> by. And we get to see one of those impeccable title cards just flash up on the screen. Is Children, of, Children the of the New Dawn. Dawn. These weirdos are in a cult And they call themselves that The Children of the New Dawn We join them later at their motel And the leader, Jeremiah Sand, is lying in bed Where he's trying to explain to an older white-haired lady Mother Marlene I like her. That there's nothing she can do for him She's like, what can I do for you, Jeremiah? What can I... Nothing! He's still thinking about Mandy, who they passed by earlier in the van He can't shake her He loves her He wants her He covets her he can't stop visualizing Mandy. He feels naked without her, and it's fruitless to try to explain it to Mother Marlene. Her inability to understand actually worries him, because if she's not on the same page as Jeremiah, she'll be unable to ascend. Hmm. Can't ascend without Jeremiah. He screams at her to get lost and fetch him Brother Swan. I love this guy, Brother Swan. Brother Swan rocks. His, w- yeah. his loyal subject, Brother Swan, appears. Got a kind of mid-50s guy. And Jeremiah instructs him to go get the girl he saw in the woods. I need her and I need her now. And you're to use the horn of Abraxas. It's an ancient relic that they have in their possession that will help them get Mandy. Oh, and Jeremiah also directs Brother Swan to offer their chubby... They have this little tag-along cult member, this little chubby kid, as a sacrifice to seal the deal. Offer them the porker, he says, which makes Swan giggle. That lord ass couldn't see his nose in the mirror. These little comedy bits are so out of tune with a lot of things, it works for me. Uh, it it's so off-kilter work that I... It not for I, I, me at all. I liked it I didn't even think that was funny. Oh, I just before Swan runs off, though, uh, Jeremiah tells him, send in the youngish Sister Lucy into the bedroom. I know enough about Colts to know what's going to happen <laughs> there. Uh, speaking of Sister Lucy... Our friends over at Drew Estate have a unique cigar called the Juicy Lucy. What? Y'all know that? Yeah. It's a cigar on the Larutin line, which we just learned a La lot Routin. about at our trip to uh, the Louisiana Barn Smoker a week or two ago. But forget the Juicy Lucy, because tonight I want to talk briefly about Drew Estate's Herrera Esteli Miami line. Oh. Oh yeah, the Herrera Esteli Miami is crafted by Level Nine Rollers from Cuba at the El Titan de Bronze. On Calle Ocho in Little Havana, Miami, Willie, Her- Willie Herrera's uh, family factory, and the oldest remaining fabrica in Little Havana. Uh, like the short Corona size featured back at 2016's IPCPR trade show, the complete herrera Stelly Miami line is expertly crafted with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua, the new look of Herrera Esteli Miami features a black and gold color tone and it's only available to Drew Diplomat retailers in five now by Tolas. Before it was just the one, now we got five. Seek it out, folks, you'll like it. Alright. You liking that cigar, Ted? I am liking this cigar.
0: Me too.
3: Uh, I'm actually getting uh, a bit of. It's weird because normally I only get like tea, an essence of tea on the cold, cold draw. Wrong, yeah. I'm actually getting it off of the uh, retro on here. It's like the back of the palate, beginning of the retro. It's a little bit of that green tea right there. It's a it man, it's it's got a nice little complexity to it, but it's still giving me all the
1: great Nicaraguan craft that I love. It is, man. I'm get I'm still getting that that really nice burn in the nose. I'm getting the mineral. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh the coffee's kind of died down on the retro for me. I'm still getting earth and chocolate on the front, but there is something else there. I don't know if it's there is, team, and I haven't,
3: I haven't. Well, I've I isolated that, but there's still a third flavor on the palate that I am still tracking down, and it's distinctive. I
1: know that it is so hard it, in a Lancero uh, format, you know, because you're dealing with such a limited ring gauge to get those kind of, you know, transitions and that complexity. Um, and so far, it there have been some little nice transitions. But complexity wise, I mean, we're about halfway—not yeah. even halfway. I think
3: yeah. one of the things that you're going to get with, uh, you know, that transition, especially on a Lancero, if if, if your wrapper is influencing a Lancero more than it is on other other bigger gauges, you know, you've got that nice little barber pole flitting Man, through there. I, so I, I think
1: you, that was a really smart move on their part. Yeah, uh, just gives you one more avenue to to change things up. Sure. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's where, and the, there is an ebb and flow. To and this. maybe that's where I'm getting the coffee come in and out. That's a good point, Tut, because maybe I, I get that coffee a lot with the San Andreas. Yeah. Maybe that's coming and going. And, and that's so
3: that, no, I, I I think that's right. And I think that one of the things that I like about it is that it's not a it's not a huge transition. It's not like here is transition A. It's a nice little ebb and flow to these flavors that are just kind of dancing in and then dancing back out. Mm-hmm. Dancing in and then dancing back out. It's, it's a well It could very cigar. well be the
1: barber pole done right. Um, and I like that it's a barber, a barber pole because they're, they're all the rage now. Uh, I do like that it's a barber pole done for flavor as opposed to visuals. Visuals, yeah. Um, because I think that... And
3: I will say this. It, I have a lot of problems with barber poles. Uh, usually they're not... I'm sorry, uh, nine or at least eight out of ten barber poles that I have, they They look look cool, but then they start fraying and then they just fall apart. And I think the the Oscar was like the first one that I had that we love that
0: Oscar barber pole.
3: It it. you know held together it was constructed great yeah this so far this is constructed like a beast man
1: it's actually constructed on i mean like we said if you didn't really examine it i wouldn't even know it was a bar pole. but it, it is explain- i didn't know it until you pointed it, it out it is explaining a few things uh i'm really enjoying the smoke and it's going great with the beer this this smoke really benefits from a strong beer i think
3: yes it does yes yeah yeah Speaking of, uh, if you want to go in and preemptively, get me another one. Well, I I'm not quite ready for it, but I will be ready for it in a few minutes. The things I do for you. And that also gives me a time, because I do want to mention the fact that we went to Louisiana.
1: I mentioned the Drew State spot. We you did miss- just return from the Louisiana Barnes Uh Boy, one of my favorites this year.
3: Oh, yes. my God, that
1: was so fun.
2: That
3: was such an interesting place.
1: If you go to only three barn smokers a year. Uh, we, we've been to all five this year. Uh, make this in your top three. I, I'm not ready to put it above Pennsylvania. I'll and put it above
3: Pennsylvania. Will you? I will. Because of the strength of... one Ownership. One, because of the uniqueness of the... Process. Process. What they do there. The the way that they handle the Perique tobacco is just yeah. really really interesting. I give a
1: lot of credit though to Mark Ryan, and the then owner.
3: Two is the strength. Mark is just a great character. Go talk to him. He loves to talk to you. And and he, I mean, he'll he will just opened, come out. He he's op- a
1: great storyteller. He opened and his, his doors, just- but the knowledge that he's got about this unique Perique tobacco and its history, dating back to the Native Americans, everybody just hung on every word that Mark Mark said through this thing. Um, Keep checking Drew State. They're going to have some of our videos on there. Uh, it was a fun trip. It, oh, was, it was. It was great. Absolutely. It was
3: a beautiful place on it. And what I liked is that, you know, we're sitting there filming these stations and I'm watching the, the the people that work this place. You know, a lot of times we'll go to this and you'll see the people behind the scenes, but they don't really interact. Oh, Here, man. They're shoving a handful of tobacco in all your the, face.
1: All of Mark's staff there was just totally into having us all there and just really... I was walking around by myself just doing some filming and one of their one of his employees grabbed me and was like, This is what you need to see Yeah. He he started Opening
3: it starts up peeling barrels
1: of tobacco, getting the juices out there.
3: I didn't even see any of that until I get back to the editing room, and I'm like, that motherfucker saw a cool show.
1: Holy shit, Kate actually got some good footage for yeah, once. <laughs>
3: it was great, but but it wasn't just like you because I was watching them interact with, with, everybody with everybody that was
1: there. Yeah, uh, it was a great crowd. The audience was really into it. Uh, you know, it was it was fun. It was a really really good trip. We found a cool uh, pizza place. Oh, we found a good oyster place Friday oh, we found night. Great oyster place. Where? What city was that in? Uh, uh, the oysters. Dragos, yeah. That was in New Orleans. It was, was
3: it? right outside. It was a suburb of New Orleans. Yeah, it yeah it's
1: one of those where. Go to Dragos and get go to the ranks. blackened oysters. Oh, oh god, charbroiled oysters. Charbroiled. Charbroiled. Holy shit! They were good. They were uh, really really. That good. was a life changing experience. And then the next night, we drove about an hour to Convent. No, no. were barn smoker was the barn smoker was. Come Mons. on, Thibodeau. 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 just southeast of Thibodeau, Louisiana. Thibodeau, Louisiana. We went to Thank uh, you, Pepper's Jerry Pe- Reed. Peppers, uh, Pizza? Peppers, Pepper's Pizza. Pepper's Pizza. Pepper's, Peppers Pizzeria. Pizzeria. Great beer menu. Phenomenal! The kitchen Dude, sink. Dude, get that get kitchen sink get pizza, pizza that kitchen man. The kitchen sink. If you're in a large group, get two kitchen. She sinks. warned us it would take over an hour because you have to cook it twice. It does. It takes a while to get it out but to you, but God, that payoff that was one is, one the, is worth it. That was one of the best pizzas we ever had. Oh, I've man. never been in so much pain in my life. Oh, it, it caused us great intestinal. Plus, It's so fun because
3: I mean we're in the heart of Louisiana on a Saturday night, so the LSU was playing, and it was on all 20s all, TV screens. There was no game. Different games on. You the could, could one. be
1: like, can I get the UT game? No, no. no
3: there was no. Only one game playing, and it was all LSU Tigers, and everybody
1: was into everybody it. Everybody was talking those crazy oh, accents. Oh, oh man, yeah, it, was, it was, fun. was great! Oh, it was great. We had a really good trip, uh, and it, all signs are pointing to uh, we'll be doing it again next year. So I hope so. I hope so. really tri- fun. try to plan a, a barn smoker trip or two, and come hang out with us. By now, yes. I think we got a pretty good idea where the good beer is and some good food. So come party with us; be fun. Um, yeah, I am really liking the cigar. Uh, Well, the next day, Mandy is working at a small convenience store in the woods. I guess she has a little little, taste of nuts. you getting some nuts in your mouth? I'm getting some nuts in my mouth. Peanuts? Cashews? Pistachio. Almonds. Pistachio. Oh, yeah, I think you're going to be right. Almonds. Yeah, I think it's almonds. Smoked Almonds. almonds. Yeah. Dry or smoked? I don't know. Almonds. Not quite there. Sliced? Just a hint. Shaved. All right, Mandy's working at the damn Convenience Store. We'll get back All to right. We'll get back to the nuts in your mouth. Uh, All of a sudden, she hope pops up. Strike that from the record. Okay. Sorry. Um, oh, no. I guess she has a little part-time job at this little general store. And uh, Mother Marlene walks in to buy a few things. Uh. The old white-haired lady strikes up a conversation. She's reading one of her fantasy Dungeons & Dragons books. And yeah. Strikes up a conversation with her. And Mandy makes the mistake of telling Mother Marlene that she lives just down the road at Crystal Lake. Oh Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. Oops. Oops. Probably should have kept that God to herself. Don't tell where people you live. No, and just like that we cut to later that night with a Colts van parked outside Mandy and Red's cabin. The heavily mulleted brother Klopik is that check? Yes, it is. Actually he, that right there there this is wonderful <laughs> this movie is wonderful in one thing. Man, it draws inspiration from everything. Where's Klopek from? The Burbs. Were what? they Klopeks? Yes. Oh. Okay, I totally missed that. Hans was a Klopek? Yeah. Oh. But also, did we skip, this did, guy, did we skip if you skip the really horn? look at him... No. Brother Klopak man, he's got a Courtney Gaines feel about him. Oh, he, he does, he have does. A Courtney Gaines. He does. He's got the molet, he was, He's got the weird facial kind of angles. He, I, I thought that I thought that was, this might be his son. Much like Mandy, this guy was cast on visuals. Uh, but unlike mo- some movies where you cast on visuals alone, he sells his creepy little scenes. These guys are actual actors. Um I was about to say And first this is actually one of the scenes where I literally was like, God. I actually,
3: oh, man. I, I laughed. <laughs> okay, wait, no, we're not there yet. I almost jumped the gun. I'll wait till we get. All okay. right, keep going. I'll wait till we get to the you van. Trust me, I'm gonna get e- there. Same. I do. I know what I'm doing.
1: The end. Thank you.
2: <laughs>
3: Thank you. Let's go.
1: Wrap it up. No, uh, brother Klopek watches as brother Swan gets out of the van and blows twice into the horn of a braxus.
3: Okay, so we are there. I got
1: it. Uh, no. It's I a, it's a stone carved. It's a a horn carved out of stone. And every time you see it in their hands, there's a green mystical glow around it. And then they wait. But they don't have to wait long. After a few moments, the van is surrounded by a thick fog. And several demons emerge on dirt bikes and four-wheeled ATVs. These monsters wear leather from head to toe. They have nails and spikes sticking out from their skin, their faces. They remind me of the Cenobites from Hellraiser. It was it, yeah. once again here. Like I said, all of a sudden you just get literally the Burbs Hellraiser. It is Hellraiser. But they, I mean, I have to, I have to. I actually like their look a little bit better than the Cenobites. I thought they looked awesome. It yeah. too, it was they was were like a, and they were shot darker, so you could just see glimpses of like with the white right, slime on their face. Right. They looked creepy as shit. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They re- actually did a
3: really good job on them, uh, and I, I, I enjoyed their look. I really did. Uh, I have to stop for this van scene between the old Swan guy and Klopek. When when Klopek Klopek and Klopek keeps rolling down his window. Right, so you got creepy Klopek Who looks like Courtney Gaines just like, <laughs> uh, and he's like rolling down the window, rolling up the window. How
1: long do we have to wait? Rolling up. The what window, are we waiting for?
3: And and the window is like one of those old windows. Uh, it's the 80s. It's the 80s. Electric. Convergent. So you hear the? <laughs> But it's got a slow motor, so it's like... I love that scene
1: of them waiting out there.
3: And then Brother Swan has this just irritated oh. look, and he doesn't say anything. No. It just It's all look-based. This guy kills it. In terms of acting, well, these two guys, I was like, this is awesome. Brother Swan is like, I'm
1: having a moment of transcendental bliss. I am seeing... You. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you guys picked up on it. It's a great little scene. You just like I said, there's one of those where I'm like I'm like actually like I just really wanted him to like to pull out a gun and be like boom. <laughs> I always said uh, listeners if you go to YouTube, Last Halloween I put out one of my old movies Underbelly on our YouTube page. And one of the things everyone pointed out to it was I spent the whole movie hanging out with the bad guys. And I was like, well the bad guys are always more interesting and they're always more fun. And they're always more, you know, the good guys are always so mm. cut and dry and boring. I was like, why like not spend can't. a whole? M- I I would love a movie with just brother Klopek and brother Swan driving around this van.
3: Oh, and it would be awesome just from like listening to the preacher dude, and just just from their perspective, what it, like brother Swan will be all into him,
1: like oh Jeremiah if is like a god. A prequel, and then if Klopek, they made a prequel to like, this movie it, of just how this cult I wouldn't watch it. Well, I would be. Uh, I just really. I, I wanted to it. see. I wanted to see the
0: reaction of Brother Swan. Brother Swan, go to that and bring me. Take Brother Klopek. Oh, oh, oh shit! Damn shit man. Man. I mean,
1: I mean, yes, Jeremiah. Whatever you wish. Oh, oh, fuck. Anything you want. Steps outside, lights a cigarette. Any, shit! <laughs> Any, <laughs> anything, anything, anything you want. But do you, are you? Are you certain are you that, certain that take- God told you to parent me with
3: Klopek? No, that would be the best thing. Is that he would, because he gives that great, just oh, absolutely. It would be my pleasure. He is Brother the ultimate Jeremiah. cult leader. You, you are my everything. Steps outside the door, lights up a cigarette. Fuck. <laughs> Klopek shows up. We, we ready, both?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Get in the van. But that was that was such a. It's a great little moment. And
3: in credit to the actors, both that. Play it is, that. but it's, also, it's it's not it's not dialogue. You no, it's not. This but it's also a
1: credit, and I want to keep hammering this home to this director because he makes these heady, personal films with a lot of artistic flourishes, which I can see could wear on people after a while. But he also adds these little comedic, subtle bits. That have me laughing. If the whole movie was shots of Mandy walking around in slow motion with After Effects stuff going on, but it felt on, that way. It really did. It did in the beginning, and I was worried. But as soon as this starts happening, I, I that goes away for me. To me, no. It, it I'm did sorry, go but this thing way. just basically turn into a. Visualization of a prog rock album. Boom. Boom. Right there. Well, it's, you might see it as a, mu- a live music video. I, okay. I, I
3: explained it as every frame had to be a poster
1: shot. I'm sure this guy was listening to okay. some record and this thing would sync up perfectly, just I, like people say that. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Side of the I'm not saying. I'm on record at this point saying. Wizard of Oz go I together, but they don't. I'm saying at this point, I'm on record as saying that wouldn't be a bad thing for me. Oh, I can understand exactly why you like this movie. I totally understand. I wrote I movies like this in my 20s and early 30s. I totally get I complete, it. I wrote a script. But I'm telling you, this is a boring as fuck. All right. I'm glad I don't write those movies anymore. Well, Brother Swan <laughs> gives the leader of the demons a mason jar full of something mysterious, and he takes a sip, and with that sip, then, he looks to Brother Swan, and Brother Swan gives him the marching orders, Go get the girl just then blood red for blood just then red steps out of the cabin for an after dinner smoke he senses something's amiss out in the trees but when uh, nothing emerges not concerned one bit about wildfires he ditches a cigarette and a big <laughs> pile of brush i guess maybe cuz there's so many fires now yeah i was about to say it was Every the time, 80s, like there wasn't well, like he's that chain sign me. in the forest and there's like bro he's like <laughs> like he knows the combustion rates. Come on, man. Put it in a beer can. Something. It's the Northwest. It's
3: rain. It's rain dense.
1: Well, Red and Mandy are suddenly violently awakened in their bedroom by flashing blue lights and the sounds of electricity zapping all around them. It's like when the three storms came in in Big Trouble in China. The demons, uh, the three demons and Brother Swan are now in the bedroom. They knock Red unconscious and they drag Mandy out of the room. Oh, and the demons also take the fat kid, Coltman. Remember, they're like give the porker as a sacrifice. It's kind of like a scene from The Fog. He's outside he's looking outside in the looking, window, yeah. and all of a sudden the smoke comes, and you see the demon just grab him from behind. Uh, he's the sacrificial lamb to yeah. get what they want. He's the blood for the blood. Or I guess the sacrificial fried Ham. fried pork, <laughs> you know, fried lamb chop. I guess <laughs> uh, that was mean. Smothering in gravy. <laughs> Again, he was the sacrificial lamb chop smothered in gravy and deep fried. Well, yeah. In this instance. Again, you had, now I'm going to get all these fat kids protesting against the show. You had a great I scene. I also get the feeling like, you know, this would be the one thing where they should have been Brother Swan, and they give you a sacrifice. He humans would be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You got somebody else?
3: Um, again, you had a great scene where... Mandy is laying down, looking at Red. Red's laying down, looking at Mandy. It was a nice, horrible scene.
1: Oh, their visual connections—they so sell
3: it. It's a horrifying scene. They sell it, but they hang on it way too long.
1: Uh, they, they, there was a lot of time given to them, <sighs> them because it's that the, is because my number one problem. Is like there's judicious editing. They the ha- yeah. They, yeah. They, yes, they drag hang on. through so much. Well, you get that a lot with personal films. You get that a lot of the you know the filmmaker wants. That extra five seconds in that actor's eyes of looking at his wife for the last time—you want well, that? What are you it, fucking it, laughing it really, it at? It
0: really—it started at the beginning. It <laughs> no, started, it, it started at, at the beginning of the
1: movie. I mean, just want, just them. You want laying, another minute of laughter? That's a that's a difference. He's trying to compare that to like I need a juicy. Uh, I need ten more seconds in this fart scene. That's it's a little different. <laughs> no, it's not different it's not Th- it actually is not but this is not it's just it. now this is everything i mean a lot of the scenes to me i yeah. like you could have cut out okay. 3 seconds you could have cut out 4 well, I, seconds i, I, seconds. I as a filmmaker understood why they every shot was held the way it was and i got where he was he was choosing the way he the way he did i got it I, I, for better I did, or for worse, I understood.
3: I did too, and I and and trust me when I mean, even though I'm just going to rake this project over the coals, I understand the love that went into it, and I respect the love that went it, into it. To me, it, that's the equivalent the same time, of going, going into a museum
1: and raking a painting over the coals. No, this is this is a, a, this is no, a personal a, no, expression a, of a dude, and you may not agree with it, but you. You can't deny the ballsy choices And the just the Hey man, this is what I want to make This is what Well, I can Because
3: you can hang that artist's work In a museum You don't have to
2: look at it for two and hours And I can
3: look at it and go You know what? That's a bunch of bullshit And walk off This He can do the same thing And I'm going to Even if I look at it for two hours I'm going to go okay. That's a bunch of
1: bullshit and walk on Stick with me. We'll get back to that. Uh, we cut to the cabin's kitchen where Mandy's now tied to a chair at the breakfast table. Mother Marlene, with her long white hair, tells her that the scary men are all gone. They got what they came for. They left. And your husband, Red, is fine as long as Mandy does what she's told. You see, Jeremiah thinks that you're so special. And there's a lot of responsibilities laid on you now, Mandy, because of that designation. Mother Marlene then uses an eyedropper to fill Mandy's eye with a few drops of some mysterious LXD. elixir. And then, while Sister Lucy holds Mandy still, the old broad removes a wasp-like insect this from This is the biggest fucking wasp ever. ...from a vat of chemicals. It's almost like a vat of, like, honey or... I don't know what this is. But, dude, is. she pulls this wasp out with tweezers puts it on Mandy's neck and lets it sting her right in the neck. And this
3: is a good four inch wasp. Yes. Uh, oh it's, it's huge. huge.
1: I mean it's a fake obviously it's a Yeah but uh, it's disgusting looking. Oh it is. Good and job. It, <laughs> it bites her right on the neck and it sends her spiraling into a psychedelic mind fuck of epic proportions. She's seeing swirling colors images. Her hands are leaving traces you know wherever she moves them. Reminds me a lot of my freshman year at Sam Houston State University, am I right? Eventually, she's brought before mm. Jeremiah and the boys, who are all bathed in this pink glowing light. They're all lounging around her living room, just kind of on the couches. Brother Swan's drinking some tea, but everything is in this really Again, harsh... I love Swan. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, dude, all this room is just this really harsh, uh, kind of pink light... Um, Uh, Jeremiah apologizes to Mandy for all the fuss and muss. Very calm voice. He tells her... Oh, I should mention, too. uh, Jeremiah is now wearing a pretty sweet cult leader robe with the big triangular shoulder pads. Yeah, the big huge shoulder Shoulder pads. pads. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, no, man. That's straight up, like, Spock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Totally the Vulcans. Uh, And in this crazy outfit, he's apologizing to her. I'm sorry for all the fuss and muss. But I, I, he saw her in the road that day, and he, she called out I to him must silently. Have you. He demands that she looks at him, yelling at her, I "Look at that me!" you must have you. And then he takes a softer tone as he makes his way over to the turntable. He asks Drug Duck Mandy if she likes the Carpenters. Oh, <sighs> the Carpenters! He's a big fan. He's a real big fan of the Carpenters. But then he proceeds to put I on one of his own records for her listening pleasure. He actually holds up the album. Jeremiah Sands, he actually made a record. Of course, he did. Now, there's clearly a Manson family uh, yes. aesthetic to this cult, but in my mind, it's also Caressian. Most certainly because of where we grew up, I immediately associated with Koresh, Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I mean, Charlie Manson, Koresh was also a failed rock musician who, when he discovered that musical superstar and wasn't in the cards, decided to become Jesus Christ. Uh, Personified. Again. That's what you did back then. You didn't Uh make it in rock and roll. You started cold. Now you host a podcast. Wait, what? Did I say that out (laughs) loud? Oops.
0: She-hulk, objection. Objections!
1: I'm going to give you guys something
3: else to drink later in the night. Just follow me me along with it. If he pulls out a wasp, Cody, I want you to take him
1: down. Brother Tut, I'm going to need you to go. (laughs) I suppose Jeremiah is probably similar. If there's to, fog that kids in this room. I'm out of here. <laughs> I suppose Jeremiah is probably a mesh of Manson and Crash. Yeah. Uh, but did you guys make that Crash? Well, immediately I, that connection. I, I I didn't do the the
3: the Crash because I mean I didn't do the Manson thing. I I, I saw Crash all the way. But I think that comes from it was the, our time. It was our area.
1: You know, it was Texas right up the road. I'm willing to bet most everyone else thought Manson. Yes. You got this cult know, of this, this cult. young well, young chick and yeah, they're, but they're, I they're mean, following him around done. like this is the Manson cult. I mean this is basically the, yes. Yeah. Um I, I just I wonder if that's unique given, to us growing up here that we well, I mean given the crash. We go straight to the branch in which That he, he presents this as it being nineteen eighty three. Most everything here is being, of course, influenced primarily by the sixties and seventies. Yeah. So
3: you would have more. Manson makes more right. sense. Yeah, it
1: makes sense. Jim Jones makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that's where
3: that's where I thought it made sense because there was a scene in that van when he first pulls past Mandy on the road. He takes off those Jim Jones, June Jones? Gi- Jim, Jim Jones, Jim Jones. Giant sunglasses. The uh, giant sunglasses. That yeah. was totally Jones. That was big Jim Jones. Totally Jones. That's kind of a mesh
1: of all these things. Yeah. And make no mistake, though, Jeremiah is still super bitter about his rejection by the record industry <laughs> and how they couldn't understand, how could they fail to realize my genius. But it's okay, because it all led him to his true path, which is far greater than fame. I actually thought the record was kind of cool. It's what he was, you tr- <laughs> like the song?
3: <laughs> it actually was Hey, they actually
1: band. started a on Bandcamp before the movie was made, they actually started this song yeah. to kind of like start stuff about the film and it like it had a shitload of download like it actually it's, it wasn't horrible it's not man a bad song. it wasn't horrible It's kind of <laughs> like Jethro Tull meets kind of Jefferson Airplane. And if
3: you if you see it in the context of the little this movie James it Taylor
1: kind of
3: fucking fits.
1: It does. It's great. Yeah, it, they did their they did their job of making the the song that's playing fit the The scene, the character, everything. It it does work. Uh, But he says, This is what I was truly chosen for. So he's glad he didn't become a superstar. This is what I was chosen for. A light shined down on him in waves like the light of pure hate, but also pure and total acceptance. And a voice addressed him. This is all he's telling Mandy. A voice addressed him as a friend and told me as a friend, Jeremiah, they were wrong, and you are right. So right. And he blessed me with his kiss. And he gave me his warmest permission to go out in the world and take what is mine. What is mine, my wants, my needs, my pleasures. That's Koresh. Yeah. Give me the wives. You're not getting those gates open. Yeah, without but, at the, but at the same time, those
3: cult leaders don't phrase it that way. We don't, don't know they what no, no, you can see all the... Oh, do- no, this
1: was very... No, just, you can see all no, the documentaries no have, of... No, you have to finesse it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. What's this cool about, exactly? It's about my pleasures, Exactly! My wants. It's not... Wait, wait, what am I signing up for here? You basically are in charge of getting me whatever I want, pleasure-wise. <laughs> But, but exactly. it, it's not something more than that, right? No, no, no. It he spoke to me and said, My wants and needs are all that matters in the world. There
3: was a there was a uh, <laughs> it is very very there was a documentary similar. on Koresh to where there was like this one guy Seems and they and the cult members approach him in like a Walmart or whatever and they're like, Hey brother, you you're looking kind of tired. You you should come to our service. Really? Why should I come to a service? Well, you get to basically become an indentured service to a servant to our <laughs> cult leader. Oh, in any relationship you form, you bring her into the cult too, and he gets to impregnate her. No,
1: that's not going to give you followers. Look, I was just coming to buy charcoal. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with you guys. <laughs> My wife's calling me. Where are you? <laughs> look, I just, I'm, I'm hoping had, this look- guy get pleasure. His want. God spoke to him. He's got wants and needs. I'm supposed to help him. I'm just
3: saying...
0: You're right. You sent me out for hot dogs and some charcoal, and here I am. (laughs) Look, I I joke
1: more, but the followers in the room with him clearly believe this shit. And there's plenty of people in the real world who believe this shit. No, 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 no. That's one thing that's... That's what's crazy. There's people in the real world that... Hell, 76 people died not less than 45 minutes from here because of this kind of bullshit. To me,
3: that's what's so astounding is that... I've never met someone that charismatic that would make that would swing my needle that way. I'm close. How care? No, not even close. No. no.
2: So. <laughs> hook rolling. Oh.
1: Well, you're sitting at probably one of the most cynical tables on the planet. <laughs> Do you believe that you can? This be is safe? literally the corner of no hope. Good luck finding believers here.
3: But I mean, just. How charismatic does that? I mean, you're talking at least ten times more than Tony Robbins charismatic. Oh yeah. I've I've met. He's
0: pretty charismatic. I've
3: met. He's
0: seven feet tall. I mean, his his so no, chari- but, I mean, you have to be so charismatic. I mean, I have
3: to be so charismatic that you would let, you would have me convinced that I need to let you impregnate my wife yeah. as I load my AR-15. Your daughter.
1: Fuck my, your wife, yeah, your daughter. Your wife and your, your my daughter. 14, Koresh was impregnating 14-year-old daughters.
3: As I load up my fucking semi-auto and go face down the fence.
1: Correct. That's that's big time.
3: It's kind of like it goes back to Conan and the steel. What is the
1: power of steel? No, we talk about the power of flesh, boy. And he does. we're, we're going to get to that one because he pulls that out. He yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, it's also crazy, but people buy it every day. I've met a few charismatic motherfuckers in my life and they would never, hell, we followed one around the country this year, JD, Jonathan Drew. Nobody speaks to a crowd and attracts a throng of people. That's true. That is true. To meet him and to talk to him. But I guarantee you, JD got up on the mic and was like, hey, I heard a voice last night. Tell me about my my wants and my desires are above all else. So I want everyone to send their wives up on stage. That's not going to get him anywhere. He, no one's going to... Uh, I don't yeah. know. There might be about 15. There might be, there be there. a couple guys like, get up there. Uh, the
3: sm- it might get me an ashtray.
1: Get up there. The <laughs> cigar smoking crowd's a little different, huh? Is that right? Uh, well...
3: My well, God, so I, I can just picture Fabian pulling down his sunglasses and just kind of nodding. <laughs> He's the brother swan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fabian's totally the brother swan. No, I mean, eh, again, we joke, but there are people out there that buy this shit every day. Yeah, They're yeah. missing something in their lives that this is what they latch on to. So. I understand despair. At be no done. point in this was it like, this This couldn't happen. These guys wouldn't be following this idiot. Of course they would. Yeah. There's a million of these idiots around the country right now that have people following them in a van that we've never heard of yet. That's
3: the sad thing. There was never once in this scenario where I'm like, the cult's
1: unbelievable. That never, ever occurred to me. You're, you're absolutely right. Well, Jeremiah tells Mandy that he's had the pleasure of being with countless women, but none of them have her radiance. She's a special one, just like him, and he wants to be special together. Really? Radiance her? She's translucent. She looks like her skin is made of scotch tape. And she hasn't combed her hair in a month. She's the chosen one. I was picturing, like, Carmen Electra. No, there's something... You with the big boobs and the G-string. She-Hulk. Pleasure me. Yes! She-Hulk would have been more believable. You got it, boss. (laughs) This chick, like... There's nothing that's as so special There's about There's something woman. about her eyes and her look. It yeah, is. Yeah, in After Effects, they dilated her pupils this big. She's crazy looking. <laughs> She's but he likes her. Interesting looking. He saw something in her. Different strokes for different crazy folks. Apparently so. Well, he opens up his robe then to expose his wiener. It's just hanging there. <sighs> You know, hold I could on, have gotten on, through a on, lot hold, of stuff. Hold, hold on. No, keep going. His wiener's hanging there and she starts laughing at him and his stupid song he's playing uncontrollably. Mandy is just cracking up. This is your this was your song? Or she's high. She well, has or she's, been she's, dosed with L S D. She's been stung by the six inch giant <laughs> wasp and she still has <laughs> enough. Whatever left in her to be like, she <laughs>
3: needs a seat at the corner of no hope. Jer- I would have been
1: more hilarious if she had just like literally broke. T-
3: <laughs> <laughs> she kind of does. She does. She does, she knows Billy. Well, a female Billy. Well, dog.
1: Jeremiah's reaction is he starts whacking off while screaming at her to stop laughing at him. Yeah, I kind of that. That, that? Uh, Is that a thing? Stop laughing at me. Maybe if I whack off in your face. Look. Uh, It would all make more sense had it not been Bruce Wayne's dad. Dude, do you know Batman Begins? He's Bruce Wayne's dad. Well, Well, she just laughs louder and louder and harder and harder. Jeremiah loses his marbles. It was totally him. He's screaming at her with his... I
3: I
2: didn't know that
1: He's screaming at her with his wiener hanging out. And I think it's a very good time. I want to acknowledge the performance of Jeremiah. His name is Linus Roach. I guess in the T V show Vikings he plays a guy, King Eckbert, Yeah. Is his most famous Got it,
3: yeah. I didn't I didn't put the two together.
1: Yeah. And you're watching it, yeah. that's his that's his biggest thing. Uh, he really goes for it here, man. I mean you got your wiener hanging out. And but Wiener aside How many times have I said that on the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> wiener aside, he really sells this role, man. I dig him a lot. And because there's moments where he actually is not just a God spoke to. He, he breaks down like, "Come on, man!" Like, like he talks like a normal guy. Like he he balances like the. Oh, he's he's good. He's, good. He's, he's 83, and he's and he's 1853. He, he he found a balance of this leader. He's not a one trick pony. No, he's it's, not. It's, it's not. He's it's really not a one really price. good. And um, then the guy Ned Dennehy is who plays Brother Swan. And he encapsulates the devoted cult henchman beautifully and believably. Those two together are magic. Man,
3: I absolutely agree on that point. Those two actors are incredibly solid, and they do a wonderful job. The I, I, acting, great, but I guess because I just. Man, at this point, we're about 40 minutes into this movie, and it was a slow burn coming into it. Now, first of all, visually, this thing is stunning. I mean, the colors... the Visually, this movie is just all kinds of cool. It it's cre- psychedelic. It creates
1: it's, its own world. It's our world, but it's a different world. Yes. It right. is this director's world. And
3: they do that whole psychedelic stuff, which... Even though I'm going to complain that it goes on way too much And they overuse it It's fine You still got to respect the craft on it But at the same time Between all the visual stuff Between just the constant boom, So the,
1: Whoa, sc- my, the, my the number score thing really here. really crippled it for you
3: But that, and Cody made the mention of it to where, like, there are scenes, and there's a lot of scenes that just go on for, like, five minutes too long.
1: By this time, this shot... No, 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 there's a very clear distinction here. Was it scenes that went on too long or moments? Because, like, when she's walking through the woods and the van sees her, we freeze on her, and then there's a dissolve where it's her again, and then it's a dissolve where it's her again... And it freezes on her again. That's a moment that's held on way too long. To me, that's a scene, and that's just well, way and too fucking the long. The stats themselves, I thought, moved at a good clip. No, they didn't. There no. were certain I, moments I that were hung on too long. I felt that, like all, I felt that all mean? of these. He was, he was giving us these images, especially in the beginning when he's. Oh, gets sh- much less towards the end. Well, yes, but I mean, in the beginning, there, you know, when he's showing us their... Their lives, their oh, daily dude, routine. If, the, if this movie was all of that, I would be coming at this with the "I'm so sorry, boys" that I that I brought but this movie I to But I felt table. like, you know, and so much. I thought he shook that off around the halfway mark. No, it still felt to me like. I mean, it's not. What I'm saying like the scene just. He could have literally shaved off two or three seconds on all of this stuff. He could have shaved off he two could or three have shaved minutes off, off. and it's not like I could say, "Oh, this movie could have been a, could have been thirty minutes." No, no, it was just like I'm sitting here watching it. I'm just saying about the, and t- I was waiting for it to end, and it just yeah, persisted. It you know what? You and know, by what, the boys? time that we, three by, or let four let seconds, let me put it
3: this way: by the time we get to the scene, and we're only like forty minutes, we're we're not even halfway through this. By the time we get to the scene where the dude's wing is hanging out in full glory, Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like, yeah, that fits.
1: Did y'all think he should have had a boner when he took the robe off? Because he's in his glory. He's playing his music. Why not? He's got her there. Yeah, why wouldn't he? I thought when he pulled that thing off, we were going to see a giant boner. Or at least a little boner. Whatever boner.
3: Okay, first of all, no, I didn't think that. But it would now, make sense that he would now be that hard doing, as hell. Why wouldn't you see that? Because that would make totally sense.
1: He's got his music playing, his followers looking at he's, him. He's speaking. He, he's, he's just got the girl that he wanted. He should be erect as a motherfucker.
3: They talked about. Uh, I was watching some sort of like documentary or science. Thingy, and they were talking about how uh, Hitler would hey, act. We're classy. Hitler would. He's act- watching a
1: documentary science thingy. <laughs> he
3: would. Act- they were. It was talking about, or it was theorizing how Hitler would actually get sexually aroused by giving a speech. He was so into himself and into his words. So, what you're saying is not. Without,
1: you know, I I expected him to be fully hard when he took that. But at the
3: same time, robot. I am I am so numb by this point to where I'm a not. dude's full Johnson and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm all not,
1: right, I'm not, sure. I'm not numb. I'm still with the movie at this point. I really am. I'm. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not.
3: It is. I am yeah i am not i am not i can not so wait to
1: see what's happening next because now that we have the inciting action of them have they've kidnapped Mandy, they're still at her cabin. But they've taken out red. Like, now, unlike the slow stuff in the beginning, now we've got some action. Now I'm like, where are we going to go from here? Let me go. Let me take us where we're going from here, and we'll see how we we'll see how we do. Cigar's still rocking.
3: Oh, fuck yeah. It yeah, is. it's great. <laughs> I'll bitch
1: about this movie
3: for like nine hours, but I ain't
1: bitching about this cigar. This, I just started probably not quite the final third. Um, The spices actually died down a little bit In the nose Uh, It was there the first two thirds But it's gone a
3: little bit But you get that nice That chocolate is still freaking rock in there
1: Huge on the draw That earth is just Mineral on the (laughs) nose Yes. The mineral is still heavy on the nose Uh, Earth and chocolate on the draw It's a fucking good cigar Everything that
3: you love about a Nicaraguan cigar Is contained in this cigar it really, really
1: is. Which is weird, considering the you know the two wrappers used aren't Nicaraguan, it's, but you have got the Nicaraguan filler and the and the was the binder Nicaraguan? I forget. I don't know. Uh, binder Nicaraguan, Havana. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is very much a Nicaraguan cigar, but I think that 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 dual wrapper, the Ecuador and the San Andre San Andres. San you don't Andreas? want to say San Andreas because then they're like nobody California. Tobacco in California, asshole. Um, I think that's what gave Puffy that nice Nazi. coffee, that nice coffee interplay earlier, um, which still comes a little bit here and there. But man, chocolate, earth, mineral. Uh,
3: no, because there's a Mexican spice comes there's goes. a Mexican bean coffee that's really really freaking nice, and this that reminds me a lot of this cigar.
1: The strongest to the to date um, that we feature on the show from Black Label, I th- believe, was Last Rights.
2: Okay.
1: I think that was a full a full blown powerhouse, and we really liked that cigar. Uh, I'm enjoying this significantly more. It's funny. Uh, forever, my go to Black Label cigar was the NBK. The
3: NBK stills mine.
1: Is that still your favorite thing they put out? Yeah.
3: Let me count that. Uh, even after I clipped it, I still had a little bit of a draw issue on this, to where it was—it was just a little bit too much resistance for my taste. I mean, maybe it's not, and it's just after me. my second clip,
1: it's been
0: perfect. For
3: and, me. and this could be just my personal taste. Getting down on it, outside of that draw issue, God, yeah, yeah, it's pretty damn good.
1: Putting this above the MBK, huh? Yeah?
3: I'll—I'll at least put it with.
1: Wow. Uh, earlier this year, we featured the SNR, the serpent no, and the rainbow. No, it might
3: actually, it might actually edge MBK.
1: You got MBK, knocked down a notch, huh? I, I believe it. Um, the thing about MBK is, unlike Last Rights and some of the other their core lines, MBK had a lot of complexity and a lot of different transitions into right. it. That's what we loved about it. This has that in spades, and it's got the power that the MBK doesn't. It doesn't deliver you that. That kick in the nuts that this does. I mean, this is a strong cigar,
3: and it's just flavorful. Yes.
1: Yeah. I strong mean, just and flavor.
3: flavorful.
1: I agree. We did the S and R earlier this year, uh, Serpent and the Rainbow, which was something very different for them. Uh, I believe it's Sumatra. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but it was a lighter shade cigar. But man, that thing was so nuanced, so balanced, with a lot of flavors that overtook NBK for me. My fate. My I smoked a couple since then. SNR is my... I'm like, these guys need to do more outside of the dark stuff. Because this SNR is just really hitting home for me. Man, this fucker... This, this is... This, this is this is topping it right now for me. This, this is damn this good. This has been solid the whole way. I haven't even had to relight it once. even Which is weird for us with all talking. No, I haven't either. Dude... It's, it's fucking good. Uh, I'm going to wait. Nah, I think we all kind of know where we feel about it. You want to talk the Price Point? Yes, I do. Because so I've almost
3: filled out my little score sheet here.
1: Okay. Take guess. Tut You first for once. Oh, my goodness. It is uh, it is limited, but in that retailers got it. Some were you know, promoted and stuff, sold out quickly. Others that don't promote it so much. Still have some in stock. You can find it. Um, so don't t- really take that. Into. It is out there if you want If you want to find it. You just got to do a little digging. A lot of these manufacturers now have Facebook groups. Uh, you know, Roma Craft has it. You know, Drew State's had it forever. But, you know, there is a black label Facebook group to where if you're looking for something, you know, people can lead you in the right way. There's a Roma Craft Facebook group, Skip. I haven't gotten invited to that. Uh, he asked that I not tell you about it. Oh, sorry. Um,
3: press point. Well, at least JB got me into the black label stuff. Uh, I'll go 11:25. Okay. That's what I was gonna go. It'd
0: be like 1213. Well,
1: 1150. It, about 12:13. 11:50. Well, 11:50. You almost nailed it, Tut. How do you mean what do you feel about it? You called it like you were a, a quarter away.
3: Well, that doesn't mean that I'm like happy about
1: that. Oh, I'd pay $11.50 for this.
3: I want every cigar I buy to be five fifty. That aside.
1: <laughs> that's gonna last you about probably an it hour. It lasted and a half. me
3: about two hours. Almost
1: creeping on two when you're done well, with it. When you're done an with An
3: hour it. and a half. I think it was like first thirty minutes of the show we were just yakking.
1: Um Man, and it's the only one with that barber pole combination, Yes, which I got got to give a little bit there. You're going to spend a little bit extra to get a a different wrapper experience.
3: And you know what? Yeah, I need to adjust that.
1: Yeah. You can get the Robusto. I think they have a Corona, uh, two smaller sizes. I think the Robusto's a box press. So they do something different with each. There's three sizes. They do something a little bit different with each. Fuck, man. A little bit more for the, the dual wrappers, which man, We're experts. We picked up on what that dual rapper gave us. Well, I'm an expert according done. to a website. Cut has scored and is done. I'm ready to check
3: out of this podcast now.
1: Uh thumbs up. It, thumbs up. Th- th- up. I'll come back to it at the very, very end. If you get anything more, jump in on me. But uh dude, buy this cigar, pair it with this beer, you're Wh- in for a good night. The Morphine Lancero, really, really good. They they really uh, ran the table with us this year between the S and R, which is completely different yeah. profile than this. I was like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you were the one, the only one. Of, I think we had Doctor that night. Us three loved it. You you liked it. Yeah, but, it was fine, but but you always gravitate towards the, I, the stronger. I really
3: gravitate towards the heavier, the cigars. heavier stuff.
1: Uh, man, I I love that S and I'm not willing to put this above it right now. But I've kind of drifted away from the darker stuff. But I like it. I like it a lot. I'm just
3: saying that for for the longest time out of the Black Works and the Black Label offerings, I I didn't think that I would come across anything that would even nudge me off of NBK. Because I really love that cigar. Uh, Yeah. To actually edge out the NBK in my palate...
1: And by the way, last, a third, great. last third, the spice just started coming back in the nose. It went away, it drifted away a little bit, now it's come back. Love that. Again,
3: I wish I... This is why I don't work for half Wheel because I can't describe this freaking flavor that I'm getting that has been present all the way through it, and I just can't nail it. Maple syrup. it is syrup. so fucking gorgeous. Maple syrup. You're not off It's not as It's not as sugary
1: As that though But it's a It's a rich uh, It is very sweet, rich s- Sweet flavor Not quite sweet But it, I I'm getting You are what, not There's off. a little maple syrup there There is And it's gorgeous Not Mrs. Butterworth No Not like like maple syrup, like straight-up real maple syrup. We're talking which isn't like a, which maple isn't a, syrup which coming isn't out sweet, of the province of Quebec. Which isn't as sweet as Miss Butterworth or Aunt Jemima. I mean, it's a different type of, of syrup. And I, I am getting a little bit of maple in this. I'm which,
3: thinking it's syrup coming from uh, the Valley of Riverdale. That's nice.
1: Look at this guy. Oh, wait, is that Archie? It's <laughs> Archie. You WB-watching <laughs> motherfucker. All right. So, uh, cigar, big thumbs up. Huge thumbs up Beer, Beer man. Thumbs up Big yes. thumbs up We yeah, all love I will
3: say this You talked about Unibrew being One of your favorite breweries I'm, I'm putting it as One of my favorite breweries it, It's just They do a lot of The triples And the doubles And you know It's I'm not going to say That they Really branch out In terms of A lot of different stuff But oh, what no. they give you I, I love I don't
1: want a Unibrew stout Or a Unibrew porter I want them doing Weird Fifth. Crazy shit like this This is what I want From them I like it. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, we then jump outside the cabin. That Is was our great. light. Please buy something on Amazon so we can keep the light. When Tut says it helps keeps the lights on around here, we literally just lost our lights. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep this rolling because I want people to see the... Uh... It's not all the glamour and... You know, the glamour and glitz that you think of when you think of a successful podcast—it's
3: actually—it's not too terrible. I just left the the connectors for my life stand, uh, my light stand to the lights. I left it at home. And hey, we've been doing a lot of traveling. We just—we got back from Louisiana. Can we just go with another... we can't
1: afford to keep the lights on and buy oh, something off Amazon?
3: We, we can't.
1: We are—we're in dire straits tough out there for a gangster, a podcast gangster. Well, as Cody fixes the lights, we then jump outside the cabin where Red is tied up with metal wire gagging him. I think it's barbed wire. Yeah, it's barbed wire across his mouth and his hands. Jeremiah, Brother Swan, and Sister Lucy walk out, and Jeremiah instructs Lucy to drop to her knees in front of Red. Jeremiah says that Red and Mandy think they are so much in love. He's going to show Red exactly what love is. He loads one bullet into a revolver, hands it to Lucy, who then places the gun at her temple. Show him how much you love me, Jeremiah says, and she immediately pulls the trigger. Luckily, the bullet wasn't in the chamber, so Sister Lucy, is, her life is spared. But that's how brainwashed and how into the cult she is. But poor Red. Good job, is, Cody, good thank job. you, Thulsa Doom. Hey, can you see me again? Yes. Uh, but poor Red is not so lucky. Brother Swan produces a sacrificial dagger that has some mumbo jumbo Dungeons and Dragons name. Uh, Tut, I'm sure you like that. It even had an eye on it. Yeah, it had a little eye, all seeing eye on it. And then Jeremiah sinks it into Red's side, right Was into it. Wait. Is it the Dagger of Abraxas? <laughs> no, that was not the Dagger of Abraxas. Abraxas has the horn. This is the Dagger of, of some... The Dagger of Remembrance? The Dagger <laughs> of Remembrance! We just... Jab- oh, we did it! He did it! He just jabs it into into Red's side. into his And this r- is where we really begin belly. to see that Red can just take... Unsurmountable amounts oh, of tu- pain he's a tough bastard he's a freaking logger man Jeremiah-, good- Jeremiah then tells Red that they wasted the chemist's finest on his whore that stuff they poured into her eye and the, the, the wasp sting but that he's about to learn that the cleansing power of fire cannot be reasoned with that doesn't sound good no it does not anytime somebody mentions something about fire in these movies it doesn't good. end good it doesn't end good I think the last time, was it the void that we saw the the father and son burn? Yes. Bag people up and burn them, burn them alive? Yes. Well, we see it again. They then bring Mandy's body outside in a sack, string her upside down. They pour gasoline all over her and then light it up. As Brother Swan says, the darker the whore, the brighter the flame. The music here, the hyper stylized use of colors, the eccentric characters selling every line out of their mouths, every action they put forth. It dawned on me during this scene right here, this sequence. This is what Rob Zombie wishes he could do. Follow me on this. Uh, he wishes he was Panos Cosmados. Where this shit, where the shit, this kind of stuff fails dramatically for poor Rob Zombie. It works here for me big time. Tut you occasionally say you can taste the intent of the cigar when you smell a cigar at this scene I got the intent of the filmmaker it's deeply personal it's real it's not phony baloney rob zombie bullshit I sense the intent from Jeremiah's stone faced reaction to the burning of Mandy to mother Marlene's barely controlled giggles of joy because she never liked She never saw what Jeremiah saw in Mandy. She's giggling over there.
3: Oh, and the clump motherfucker.
1: To Red's tears and pain as he watches Mandy. To Klopek, just weirdo, watching the body burn. I believed it all 100%. When Rob Zombie does this shit, these actors are just, hey, go crazy. Go, take it to 200. No. yeah, I believed everything here. And then all of a sudden, boom, just like that, the Colt calmly packs up the van, their station wagon, and they leave. Dude, that's the <laughs> Rob Zombie creates these scenes and there's no personal attachment to it. I got what the filmmaker was doing and the actors sold it. Like I every cutaway he did to the cult members, I believed them in that moment. I'm Give just, me that time. Yes. But again
3: and this is going to be residing throughout the entirety of this movie. There is not one part where I doubt the director's intent, where I doubt his personal involvement in this. This scene was horrible in terms of being horrific, which is a compliment. We're seeing a woman burned alive. It was horribly horrific, and it was 100% believable. Like you said, there's not one aspect of this scene that is believable. I just wish that I wasn't so numb to the point to where I'm just like, okay, get on with it.
1: And I do wish that at this point maybe he had sped up some of the earlier stuff to where guys like you weren't disattached at this point. Because I think if he had gotten here quicker, because the second half of this movie does work at a much quicker pace, I think I was afraid of it. I was like, he's going to lose people in that artistry in the beginning and they're not going to be willing to. I understand do. you want to lay the groundwork. You want I to I get that show. too. And I'm like, then, like I said, I'm not saying like he but needed not, to cut scene. But not a slam on me, on you he guys. He needed to shave seconds. That's not me a slam on you guys. That's me a slam on in general. Like, man, I really hope you didn't lose too many people in that opening slow stuff to where they're not going to be. There's there's always a balance between artistry and storytelling. It's called editing. It's called. And I mean, this is well, this is what he wanted to see. But I get right. that he also needed those other people in that editing room. Like, it's got to move. It's got to yeah. move. Well, I you got you've got as a as a director, the worst thing in the world you can ever do to me. Oh, I, well, I know. Is I snap under, your fucking fingers and tell me. Well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Cut, now, cut. I, now I'm gonna do that every fucking time you're in my room. We're done. I'm in. gonna do that. This is our last podcast. I, I'm just I, But that's I'm not what I'm saying is I just I've been there were seconds I, I, I mean have, But I I'm telling you as as a guy who who used to write a lot of movies like this but made a a, a movie kinda like this yeah. that a lot of people said was slow and kind of self indulgent in certain places. And I I I had that I think the in, term in, in I my, think the in, term self- I had that constantly in my ear and I would, I would literally fight a five-hour battle for a three-second more in a, in, a, in a shot. Why can't you just cut here? For me, that three seconds that it took it meant the world to me, and it, enough to where I would fight this ungodly, brutal fight to keep that three seconds until eventually, you know what? I regret it. I gave up. You know what? If it'll stop this cut there, if it'll get me something else I want somewhere else. But
3: here's the, here's the really weird dance that has to go on through through this part. You have the direction, and like I said, I understand every second that that director wanted. Like I said, he's looking at every scene thinking poster shot, this is beautiful, this is gorgeous. I don't think he's thinking posters. Is- no, but I,
1: I, I don't think it's a marketing thing. I don't think he's thinking no, poster it's not, shot. No, it's
3: not marketing He's just looking at the I beauty need, of As it. an
1: artist, I need that. I need that moment. I need those three seconds. He's looking at the beauty of every frame and every scene that he's the deal. doing it.
3: But not everyone is your artistic expression. Not everyone who views your artistic expression no, is that. No, but out, of, out, of, and I'm sorry, out as of
1: a sample group of three, he kept it the way he wanted it. And one of us is okay with it. And he's okay with it. So 20 years from now, he can watch his thing and not be like, God, I missed that shot, or I wish I would have. No, he got it his way. One out of three of us is okay with it. I'm siding with him.
3: And that's and that's fine if he wants to if he wants to make He's not, this. We,
1: this wasn't meant to be a, a, a mainstream. And that's fine. If you like the Fast and Furious movies, you ain't gonna like this. And that's fine. It is fine. If you're making
3: no, I, if you're making this movie for you. If you're making this movie for the independent art house, if you're making this movie for all the people that hang out in the coffee shops no, no, and talk no. about all the no, no, hold no. On, let me let me roll on. If you're making this for this all the people that talk about all the great artistic expression in film and all the directors that are going crazy, that's cool. But if you're making this for people like me who maybe not into this sort of I'm just there's think, no story here. I think it's... The story oh, drags story. on... No, there is a story ...so here. fucking there, much... There is a story ...to where
1: here. I'm the like... This is a story here. And I don't think it's that he's making It's it. a story that could have been told in 45 minutes. I don't... No, it's not. It's a revenge film. It's a Death That could have been told in 45 minutes. Well, then any film could have been told in 45 minutes. But this was told in two hours. He's not making it for the art film crowd. He's not making it for he this. Is. He's making it for himself. And if you happen to align with what you... The, what he likes... You're in store for a good thing. That's great. Good I respect on you. That. That's I great. Good that.
3: on you. Get those Sundance Awards.
1: Get that freaking art award. I'm not bitter about it. That's great. I'm, I'm not bitter. I'm not doing a bitter slow clap about it. You made a film that means something to you and that you like, and if someone else happens to be on board, which a lot of people are, me being one of them, more power to you. Yeah, Ten years from did. now, you don't have to watch it. Just be like, man, I'm really shitty. I. I wish I would have kept this. I wish I would have done it this way, but I, I wanted to try to make it a little. No, why? In today's day and age, when everything's going straight to video, everything it doesn't matter. You no, know, if you trim three seconds off this scene, that scene, it's still going to be released the same way. It's still going to be. Why not? Yeah. You make something you're happy with. And I'm, and, and I'm not going to shit on him for being happy with what he released. You did a very sarcastic slow clap.
3: I'm not going to shit on him for making the movie that he wants, but I'm also going to call him on the bullshit of it.
1: I guess where we're disagreeing here is bullshit and personal choice.
3: Yes. But okay. that's That's the way with good art
1: everywhere. Are we talking about art on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast? This is art. Wait. This this is art. This is this art. is the closest thing we've come to art on the show. This is I art. I never wanted to speak about this. Oh Jesus, she Hulk. No, I mean, I mean
3: I'm I'm sorry. And my only this complaint is us here.
1: Arguing y- over a painting. This yes. is this is yes. and this is it literally really is. my thing. I said the opening. Everything else is is fine. The opening to me. Drag. I was I was so afraid they would lose you in the opening because it is so. Slow. And the only reason I and stuck so, with it, I was literally checking out five minutes in until Nicholas Cage mentioned Galactus. Oh, I forgot. to, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, I'm like well, I am going to hate this fucking. Well, I like Galactus. <laughs> well, on. well, well, red Go and, and well, red, red or, and Mandy er, while well, red and Mandy are laying in bed, she's talking about what's your favorite planet? Hers is Saturn. And he's like, mine's Galactus, and she's like, that's not a planet. He's like, no, but he eats planets. And then he's like, starts playfully, like, nah, 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 eating nah, nah, it. Nah. It's a cute little scene. And Cage is a huge comic book guy. Yes, absolutely. I should have mentioned that. I'm sorry. And
3: I mean, and I think we have to take a picture of your tattoo to like show Cody's personal no. involvement. In Did you do
1: there. some tricep extensions today? Uh, yes, you, get, yes, can I,
0: I can, I can do it all.
1: All right. Well, Red eventually slips out of his barbed wire shackles and crawls over to the smoldering pile that was once his wife.
3: I have, to, I have to interject the whole coming out of his barbed wire shackles thing. There's a lot of times where you see people tied up in barbed wire in movies to where I'm just like, that doesn't look bad. This looks bad.
1: Oh, it's digging into his skin. It looks terrible.
3: That and the barbed wire across his mouth, I'm just kind of like... I saw a little bit in the trailer where I was just like, man, that kind of looks cheesy. But in this scene, I was like, holy crap.
1: He gets out, and he watches then as her ashen skull, which kind of keeps the shape ...of her face, blows away in the wind. What a shot that is. It, it actually was really you got to love that shot. It was really He good. literally watches his wife blow away. <laughs> dust in the wind.
3: Oh, we are. Kansas dust stuff. in the wind, <laughs> dude. If they start playing
1: that song? <laughs> uh, they don't, thank God. I don't think you guys can handle it. Uh actually,
3: I, I, I could have totally handled that. But
1: basically, that's what was left of Mandy. Blows away in the wind. Uh He stumbles into the cabin where a commercial, the TV's playing, and a commercial is playing on the TV for Cheddar Goblin, macaroni and cheese. It has a gremlin-like goblin, the Cheddar Goblin, puking up liquid cheddar cheese all over some happy kids. It's got 60% more cheddar than the uh, leading national brand cheddar cheese. And then the TV cuts to the emergency broadcast news system for the night, and he looks at the TV cheddar goblin and then he collapses in the bed. This is something that has taken on a life of its own if you follow film the things, cheddar like, goblin people love the cheddar goblin Cheddar goblin's pretty awesome apparently that segment was directed by a guy uh, that did the adult swim thing too many chefs or too many cooks yeah. Which was this absurd kind of take on Full House, where it was just the theme song that kept playing over and over. Too many. It was like they introduced like 500 cast members. Some were porn stars. Some were like. <laughs> but the Cheddar Goblin is apparently like this huge cult thing now. It looks like a gremlin. Yeah. It looks like one of the gremlins or the critters just puking up this cheese. And Cage's expression as he's wa- you know he's been stabbed. He watches his wife die. And he just goes in and he's kind of just. Focused in on this Cheddar Goblin... It, it, it is a cool little moment. The only thing that I think that...
3: I would have actually liked to change about this movie... Especially not... Don't touch the Cheddar Goblin... Because Cheddar Goblin rocked. Instead of cutting to the EBS... Cut to that final uh, national anthem... That the used flag, to always the play. The flag playing
1: at the end. This, oh, is the end been, this is the end of our broadcast thing. Yeah. That would have been perfect. That would have been nice. I think we, we, we experienced that... I explained to our listeners, what we did one other movie where they cut to that, and I had to explain to our millennial listeners like that used to be where the, your night was over. No more. No more TV for you. <laughs> that was <it. laughs> You get a flag waving and the <laughs> national anthem, and it, it's over. You have to go to sleep, asshole. I would have I would loved that. Oh, but what's on and Channel 25? Uh, the same flag. Nothing. You're done. Static. And
3: it would have been perfect in this scene because his life is over dum da dum 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 That would have been been great.
1: Hey, we agree on something. Uh, And the Cheddar Goblin was... Fucking awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Red has an anime-style cartoon dream here about Mandy uh, standing amidst a wall of fire as her face melts off.
3: Has he done the Hawaii tie thing?
1: No. Uh, Right before that, he has a dream where... uh, It's a very anime styled yeah, cartoon. And I dream. love it. Her face melts off and then boom he wakes up in the bathroom. Remember back in the opening scene where one of Red's lumberjack buddies coworkers offers him a beer in the helicopter and he shakes his head in Well his we lines? didn't talk about that, but yes. Well, there's nothing to talk about. It was just kind of a throwaway little moment. Well, that throwaway moment makes sense now because Red goes straight to the bottom drawer in the bathroom under some towels where he pulls out a full bottle of vodka and proceeds to chug it. Because he's a sacred TNC TNCC style, baby. He keeps the vodka in the bathroom. And not only does he start chugging it, he grabs his throat to keep him from throwing it up. He wants it to stay down. He's chugging it. He's pouring it on his wrists where the barbed wire was. He's pouring it in his side wound. Where he got stabbed by they, a
3: six-inch blade, and apparently he's This fine. is a and crazier
1: he... version of Unforgiven. It's a crazier version. Where he version. grabs the bottle and just starts drinking. Like no, that. this is a crazier version of him in Leaving Las Vegas, where he was the crazy alcoholic. Dude, he's forcing the, the booze to stay down his throat. This guy's...
3: Of all the scenes in this movie, this one scene had me just looking at the, he's at the screen going,
1: yes. He's chugging, he's crying, yes. he chugs some more, he's oh, crying. Just, that, while, just, while, just him sitting, sitting on the, on the toilet? toilet in his tidy whiteies, crying, screaming, chugging. What other fucking movie star would... He's a movie star. What other movie star, who's probably not getting paid shit for this, would do this in a film? And this is a totally a one take. If you watch it's one take. You better get this shit, because I'm going all out in this one take. You better get your lights right and your camera right, because I'm going to go all out in this thing, and I'm not doing two takes. And he fucking did it. And he fucking nailed it,
3: and And, it's beautiful. And he did it, and like I said, of all the pretentious stuff that's on in this film, this one scene, you know what? I gravitated to, and I'm like,
1: this scene, and you know what, is it? I don't need to know why Red's an alcoholic. I don't need to know why Red doesn't drink anymore. This scene gave me everything. I love that it went back to that helicopter where he refused the beer. But we, this movie is great at not explaining shit that doesn't. Here's matter. here's something that's really weird, and we're gonna get to a lot here in a minute with the Bill Duke scene. This movie is great about making you just put together a couple things in your head as an audience member, and I'm not going to waste time giving it to you.
3: Here's a a really weird thing, and I know I'm going to be made fun of, and I don't care.
1: You keep vodka in your bathroom?
3: No. Uh,
1: I should. Actually, no. It's helpful. I uh, was really more impressed. was like, oh, sweet. Bathroom vodka. (laughs) Bathroom vodka. (laughs) And I guess she doesn't stock the towels. If, if, If you've ever
3: watched Animal for the Muppets... When he goes on his rants And then there's like the last three seconds Of his rant where he's just kind of like eh, eh, eh. There's this scene where Cage is just Fucking yelling and just going on And then when he finally collapses on the toilet He's like ah, ah, ah. And it's that same Just I'm
1: freaking this exhausted i got movie nothing star to doing do this thing. You think Bruce Willis is going to do this shit? Maybe you think Stallone is gonna be like? Right, I Actually got the see- scene. Uh, somewhere in my tidy ways, and uh, the no. Nicholas Cage was at one point our biggest action movie star. The Rock, National Treasure movies, dude. Gone in sixty seconds. Like this guy, Con Air, Con Air, Face, face off. off. This dude is sitting on a john in tidy ways with a tiger T-shirt, chugging vodka. Choking himself to keep it down. I, dude, this scene is right up there with me. With just
3: this scene is probably the best scene in the entire
1: movie. It's one of them. It's one of. Them. It is. Well, Red then pulls his shit together long enough, and he heads across the lake where he pounds on the door of a mobile home, uh, despite the words "fuck off" being written on the with marker on the door. Old Man Carruthers finally opens the door, and Thank oh you. shit, man! Thank it's you, Bill fucking Thank Duke. Thank you, Bill Duke. Bill Duke, one of my all-time favorite screen presences, and one we don't nearly see enough and of And he looks days. so damn good in this. Bill, Duke. and also his name is Old Man Carruthers. Old Man Carruthers. <laughs> uh, Bill Duke, you guys will know as Mac from Predator. You'll know him as uh, Commando. Oh, tall Sally, yes. she's real that sweet. She got. You know him from... Everything
3: uh, Uncle John needs.
1: God, the guy's got a career. Th- uh, he's
3: he's like a police sergeant in some one of these one one of these He's, TV been, in it, he's dramas. been in a gazillion Oh, movies. God. Yes. Man. First of all, the, look. It begins and ends with Mac.
1: He's Mac Correct. from Predator. Correct. You know who he is now. Well, Red tells him, I've come for the Reaper. And Old Man Crothers' hands read a pristine crossbow... That he's kept hidden for him. Perfect oh. condition, just like you left it. Hang on one second, because we do have to... Be- well... What you going to do with that thing? I'm going hunting. Well, if you're going hunting, i got some other shit you might need. Carruthers gives Red some super sharp arrows that he's crafted that'll cut through human bone like a fat kid cuts through cake. And they're all his as long as he promises to put them to good use. Carruthers then asks Red what he's hunting. Seems, seems fair Jesus freaks Red's pretty much been under control at this point but then he Nicholas Cage loses his shit Jesus freaks, hippie types, bikers gnarly psychos they set her on fire none of it makes any sense it's crazy evil it's full <laughs> Nick Cage crazy but his friend Carruthers doesn't bat an eye he only mutters the words black skulls, black skulls you see, word has been getting around about the big from the big rigs that there's something dark and fearsome out there. Mm-hmm. Word's been getting around. from the big, the big rig. Oh yeah, <laughs> you ghost to me, my brother. Adria- Adrian barbs <laughs> to <laughs> Adrian Barbeau meets Billy Duke. Adrian Barbeau Be- meets. All right, I'm gonna do this as I'm gonna do. Bill Duke as Adrian Barbeau. No one knows where they come from. Oh yeah. First, it was stories on the interstate. Truckers left for dead, prostitutes vanishing, oh yeah, gutted gutted bodies left on doorsteps, baby. And always the same, biker gang on black bikes, only seen at night, weird shit, baby, oh yeah. That's fucking Phil too. There was rumor that there was a biker chapter who ran a courier for a manufacturer of LSD. He took a disliking to them and he cooked them up something special. Real special batch, baby, and they have never been right in the head since. What you're hunting, Red? They're rabbit animals. And you should go in knowing your odds ain't good. You're probably going to die. To which Nicholas Cage says, Don't be negative. (laughs) I love that little thing. That was put in there to be funny, and it is. Because it's like, Ah, Don't be negative. Last Carruthers heard they were seen down by Spirit River. (sighs) I'll tell you what, boys. There's a part of me that wanted the demon bikers and their mythology to remain a sea. I didn't want to know anything about them. Right. I wanted them to be Cenobites from hell. I wanted them to actually be spirits or something. Spirits or something. But if you're going to explain them as some bikers that got some weird shit and now they've transformed into some monsters because of some badass drugs, you better goddamn have Bill Duke tell you that story because it works. It works so goddamn good.
3: Oh, my God. First of all, he just, as a screen presence, he
1: chews up the real estate. Dude, he does. He's just sitting in a chair with his old military That's fatigue it. jacket. That's it. He's just sitting in a... But he tells, Just like, just like... No, Oh, oh Just like in Predator. You and me. You man. and fucking me. Not a scratch, scratch fucking,
3: fucker. Fucking Bill Duke. Dude. What a great scene. I don't care who you
1: are, back in the world. I just... Ugh. ugh. Kudos. Actors. Kudos to getting Cosmatos to get fucking Bill Duke in the scene. And much like the alcohol thing, I don't need to know how these two guys know each other, What he, why he brought this crossbow for Bill Duke to hide, what his job was where he, he had this... Crossbow? I don't, I don't need to know any of it.
3: Why is your crossbow
1: to... called the Reaper? I actually I kind of do
3: want to wa- know I that now. I don't want to
1: know any of it. I, I do now. All I know is he was friends with Bill Duke. They got into some shit. Hide my crossbow. Now you need your crossbow? I made you some fucking arrows. And I'm going to tell you a cool <laughs> little story. <laughs> I'm loving it. Findumon dumond me, please. You okay. will be find is
3: Thank. amazing.
2: This,
3: no was my fav- to... this was my favorite scene of the movie. And it's pretty fucking good. Yes, I'm. It. I'm sticking with my tidy whities, but this is right simple. there. It's right
1: simple. It's straight to the point. Oh, I have to ditch this. It's this humorous so where it needs to be, without being like. No, the way he injects comedy is so is so just sparse, and, and a lot of times so absurd. Well, it's kind of the Nicolas Cage. But he plays the Cage's comedic brilliant. stuff. It's a very raising Arizona ish kinda yeah, way. It actually. I yeah, thought, Cage I, has
3: always been a dark comedy genius. But I thought
1: he used Cage perfectly in all this. Yeah. And when Cage is like, Don't don't be negative. <laughs> he just told you this horrible dark as shit story. Well, you know I'm gonna I, die. I mean, don't be negative, come on. Well, I, I, I mean I got a chance. <laughs> Red now has his old high-powered crossbow, the Reaper. Oh, I I did want to say that uh,
3: there was a scene where uh, Mandy was laughing at hanging Wayne Wing dude, and uh, she said something like the Reaper's coming for you. Uh, oh, did she? I yeah, that. there there was a scene where. So she knew about Red's she, past. Well, I don't know whether she knew about the Red's past or whether she was in a psychedelic trip. But she was she when she was, was laughing
1: at him. Yeah, when records, she was laughing she said at, the at him, reapers she was coming. like the
3: reapers coming for you.
1: Hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I missed that.
3: Crossbow's name,
1: the reaper. Good job, Tut. All right. Well, again, I don't need to know why I he had the reaper. I, I don't need to know about his paid attention to his this. his background. You get the feelings military. Bill, did, I, Bill Duke's I, wearing
3: a fatigues. Yeah, yeah, but I want to know about the. I'm kind of like Kobe. no. I, I want to know about
1: the reaper. now I'm okay with another movie that just is about Bill Duke and Nicholas Cage oh, with that, crossbows. That. <laughs> Reapers. That would be awesome. All
0: reapers. Uh,
1: But yeah, I missed that. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, Well, we then cut to Red pouring molten steel into a mold and him hammering out his own custom battle axe. Why? Yeah, you had to have a huge erection watching (laughs) this. Oh, I did. You love battle axes. I do. Absolutely. You almost got on a watch list bringing a battle axe into the country. I did. <laughs> I absolutely didn't, and this was one of those where I was like, I was like, what the hell is going on? Dude, he's going to war. He's making a battle axe. Yeah, but I mean, I got the Reaper. Let me borrow your forge. Wait, you've got a forge? Hey, did you guys see an? Uh, Apparently, did you guys see an old man Carruthers' mobile home that he had a box of cheddar goblin macaroni and cheese <laughs> on the No, counter? I did not. Did I wish. <laughs> you know he did. Oh man, I missed it. Yeah. I don't like them goblins, but damn if that cheese ain't good. <laughs> I just can't stop eating. it. Uh, well, he's forging this giant battle axe out of molten steel, and as Red holds up the finished weapon, it shines brightly in the in the light. We cut to a black screen where finally the title card appears. At an hour, where are we? Mandy. An hour and fifteen minutes in, we finally have our title card, Mandy. But it's it spreads out. It's like in the Celtic Frost. It's like it's death like a, metal text. It's like a Part tree, part blood trail. But it looks like those death metal the yeah. bands, they're, they're crazy fonts. The Celtic. Or the Dungeons and Dragons
3: fonts and stuff.
1: Oh, I don't know anything about that. I'm, <laughs> I mean, who does? I'm a real man. Uh, I roll D20 with the best of them, baby. I like that an hour and 15 and we finally see the title card. Uh, this is a of course movie. you would. This is a well, different you know, movie. We're getting, our mo- we're getting our title card an hour and 15 and I liked it. Well, it, it makes at this sense point, it's like, It wasn't so much that it was like drag. a title card because you saw like the thing flash across the screen for Children, Children of the New, New Dawn. Children of
3: the Smoky Mountains the, or whatever. The, yeah,
1: you, you, you have been getting these kind of chapters but now we're all about Mandy, Avenging Mandy. I liked it. It was kind of a
3: Tarantino-esque except not Shot out of order, correct? Uh, Pulp fiction, where yeah, you got it, the title,
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, I liked it. You know what else I like, boys? What the Herarius Deli Miami from Drew Estate. I smoked one of these suckers in Vegas this summer at IPCBR, and it's smooth as shit. Trust me on that. Like I said earlier, the cigar is crafted by level nine rollers from Cuba at the Al Titan de Bronze in Little Havana, Miami factory. The complete Herrera Steli Miami line is expertly crafted with a lavish, lavish, however you want it, uh, Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Steli Miami features a black and gold color tone. It looks sharp. I like it. And it's only available to Drew Diplomat retailers in five Vitolas now. Trust me, if you're looking for a smoke that's short on spice... But heavy on cedar and cream, this is the cigar for you. Ooh, that sounds nice. I liked it. I'm looking forward to getting another one. So check it out. Cedar and cream. Let's you know keep, what?
3: I, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna have to like make one of my life goals. I want to find out what exactly constitutes a level nine roller.
2: Uh, it's a Who whole, judges
3: it? It's a whole who pedigree. Passes them from yeah. level one to two There's to like, three. Yeah,
1: it's like a pedigree. It's like a. It's, it's like they're degreed education yeah.
3: exactly I want to know what makes what's the difference between a level 8 and a level 9
1: we might have to go down to is there a level
3: 10 more importantly is there a level
1: 11 I'm currently classified as a level 13 I, I don't think that's a classification I was bluffing you're right but we would probably have to go down to either the Titan to Bronze Factory or talk to Willie. That would be a good question for Willie. Willie could oh. answer that. What's it take to get this status?
3: <laughs> I'm going to have my salsa music playing. Hey, Willie, uh, let me know. Uh, what's, what's up with the level nine? <laughs> 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 Are you going to be doing like that music with your, k- with your mouth? No, <laughs> because he would beat the funk out of me. You've yeah, seen how big he, he is. He's a large
1: man. And I would actually not probably intervene on that. You'd
3: probably hold me down.
1: <laughs>
3: no, he deserves
1: it. I'm, I'm Willie's brother, Swan. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to the action here. Uh, Red takes up a spot in the woods with the Reaper, his cross, trusty crossbow. And when he spots one of the demon bikers racing down a country road, he shoots him off of his bike. He then jumps in a Chevy Blazer and barrels towards him. but That's when a he, sweet Blazer. Not as sweet as yours. Do you still no, have I, it? Yes. I haven't driven through the old neighborhood. Still, still parked at the parents' house. Oh, yeah? oh you got, you got to ride in the blazer to get the full experience. It's something. Uh, but as he's barreling towards the demon, when he smashes, this is. Tell me if I saw this right. When he smashes the the blazer into the demon, it causes the blazer to flip. To flip. Him running yes. in, running in. Okay, good. That's right. what I kind got got of. I I couldn't understand that at all. Well, now that, yeah. Now that we know they're not demons, that supposedly, according to Bill Duke, old man Carruthers, they're just bikers. They're bikers who are Whacked drugged out. out of their minds. That didn't make much sense to me. How he could hit the demon and flip. That's kind of why I wanted them to kind of remain a mystery. Yeah, because I had to rewind this scene, and I did too. Because it's like, did, was it just him hitting that guy that made him flip? But it was. Yeah. It doesn't make any. That doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, well, I mean, and clearly in the scene, the biker pulls out a gun and starts shooting at him, which is easily more explainable as to why he would veer off and flip. Yeah. I think maybe it was poor editing, maybe. Yeah. Maybe the gunfire, he hit a rock, something. Yeah. But he crashes on its side nearby uh, after another animated sequence of a naked cartoon Mandy floating under the lake.
3: I'm sorry, I really love these animated sequences.
1: You know what? We're going to disagree again because this stuff actually seemed a little out of... It seemed too modern for me. No, to me it was a nod to heavy metal. The cartoons. No, no, especially later we'll get to... There's one scene in particular that really reminded me of heavy metal. But I was actually like, you could make this entire
3: movie where the this kill animated, style, where the Kill Bill anime
1: seemed dated to me and kind of aged. This seemed way too crisp and 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 fresh and Fresh, yeah. It was definitely
3: a modern anime style. I thought I thought if you're doing everything 80s y- It was more computer, it wasn't the hand drawn yeah, stuff, stuff of just the seemed, 80s. This seemed a little out of I can get where you're coming from. Oh, I, mean. I I think that's kind of like really putting into the screws. I Oh, I'm putting it to the screws. The one <laughs> thing I don't like I'm I'm putting it to the screws.
0: <laughs> God,
1: you're really uh, just ragging on
3: this. All right, all right, maybe I'm being unfair there. All
1: right, well, but, uh, it I, worked for you, though.
3: I actually would have loved this entire movie being shot as an anime, anime? and I would have been okay. I would have been great with it.
1: Well, uh, well, maybe
3: not. Me, no. Red
1: wakes up in a filthy basement with one hand handcuffed to a radiator and the other hand nailed with a giant silver nail to the floor one, yeah, of, the, one of the slime-coated demon bikers I'm going to keep calling them demons because to, That's me, what the, to me they supposed are to be. demons one of these slime-coated evil as shit demon bikers enters the room and immediately slices up Red's chest with a knife as he punches Red in the face he garbles they all have this real guttural garbled voice he garbles that Red has a death wish and that's when Cage switches and goes full eccentric cage and starts whimpering. I don't want I don't want to talk about that man. You see, man, you're don't want to talk about you, that, man. you're a vicious snowflake, man. That's what you are. You're a vicious snowflake.
3: What the I I, I think the the use of that word has to be.
1: It has intentional. to type something into the current Right.
3: But I don't know what I I I, couldn't I just make think the it's connection. a connection. I
1: just think it's ironic. I mean, this guy is clearly has been dead reborn. He's covered in nails and slime. To call him a snowflake, I think there's something I I I, I don't missed, know what I miss. But Cage is full blown right, crazy. Cage. I,
3: I've talked about like every scene in this to where I can recognize the artist's intention. I don't recognize the artist's intention of I the use of snowflake. I think this is like. more
1: that Cage literally was winging it. Yeah, like, you know what? Go crazy. Okay. I was
3: okay with it. He but I will say this. Was the biker... To me, this demon biker was supposed to be female. I didn't get that. To me, this is the most
1: female... She was very. It was a very tight figure, leather, but the slime, and it was just an all white kind of... I almost think that this is like a female
3: biker. Okay,
1: what? I, but he's calling her Snowflake, much. and he's stalling her basically enough uh, to where he can break free from his from his thing, and he beats her to death, or him to death, with. Uh, he gets free from her and he beats her to death with a steel pipe, and sends her flying down this, this big hole in the ground. This movie's so nuts, I don't think I necessarily mind when Red says, like when she cuts him, he's like, it's my favorite shirt, man! This movie's so crazy, I don't mind that shit. But I can totally understand when someone else watching it would that would bother them. Yeah,
3: uh, it only bothered me a little bit. I just kind of talked it up to Cage being Cage.
1: But I'm on. They, under- but as a, as a character choice, I can get on board with it because I don't know Red a lot. I don't know if he says because he's so vague as a character. I can kind of okay if he's that's who he is. It's not cage, it's the character. But I could totally see someone else being like, that's just, all right, let me get let me get real,
3: let me get real nerdy and geeky here. In uh in Dungeons and Dragons, there's a term when you go out of character and you're it's like you know the rules, but your character shouldn't know the rules. It's called metagaming. And in this scene, it's like
1: you're putting would, your thoughts above the character's would, thoughts?
3: Would Nicholas Cage, the character, actually care about his shirt? Or would Nicholas Cage, the actor, being told, go fucking Nicholas
1: Cage? Well, there is a lot to of me, significance we'll learn later with this shirt. Yeah. He's wearing a number 44 kind yeah. of baseball t-shirt, a jersey shirt. There is, we'll learn, a very, very strong significance to this yes. shirt for him. But the way he delivers it you didn't catch it?
3: No, I didn't catch that. Stay so stay maybe tuned. I'll learn something Stay through. tuned. Uh
1: so I could get you either being on board with it or not. I think it works both ways. Yeah. But if you're not on board for full-blown bat nuts fucking shit crazy, then I'm sorry. Things are the rest of the movie about is to about get that. <laughs> Uh Red crawls out of the basement and he discovers a nude-raped older couple dead on their bed upstairs in the house. At least the bent-over man with the bloody ass cheeks was clearly raped. Sorry, Tut. I know I said I wouldn't do this. I didn't know. I didn't know. I said we are done with man rape for the year. I'm sorry. We don't see it, though. He's just got some bloody butt cheeks. <laughs> Red makes his oh. way to the living room where a portly demon is snorting inhuman amounts of cocaine no, off it's the, the coffee awesome table. it's the awesome
3: demon. It's the awesome demon with all the spikes and he's the. He's got spikes everywhere, but, mean, he's, but just... he's a
1: fat demon, and he's snorting just these huge things of coke while watching '80s porn on the TV. This '80s couple doing it doggy style. Is that Herschel Savage? I don't know. Yeah, I was more just. Looking over at this character like You were more looking over your shoulder like is anybody watching me watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm in my own house. I'm still looking. Your brother walks up. Terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh he's watching eighties point of T V and stroking his giant horn penis. But it's not like the horn of a Braxus. It's like a rhinoceros horn Yeah it's penis between his legs. It's kind of a uh, seven.
3: Seven. The movie Seven. That's what it made me think of.
1: Oh, yeah, where the guy... screwed yeah, yeah. Well, Red tries to stab him from behind, but the demon grabs him and tosses him across the table from him, and they start wrestling. Until finally, Red jabs a box cutter into the demon's neck, unleashing a flood of bright crimson red uh, blood... Ash straight into the Red's Evil mouth. Dead. It's basically it, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, it's it just straight, it's in Sam in, Ramey, in, straight just, into Nick Cage's mouth. And he just is laughing wildly as the blood is getting in his mouth. Then suddenly, the demon from down the basement, which we thought was dead, reappears. And Red screams, you cut my shirt! You cut my shirt! Before grabbing his head and just snapping. Snap- just like that, he snaps his neck. He learned that in the military with Bill Duke. We don't know anything about it, but the way he snapped that neck was expert. And he even looks at the camera like, I still got it. <laughs> but we don't know, we don't have to know how he learned to snap necks. But, dude, that was clearly unlike a lot of revenge movies, like Charles Bronson in Death Wish, he was an architect. Right. Paul Kersey, he was a liberal. It was so hard to picture him grabbing this gun, doing all this. Yes, but... We have a little bit of nugget that this guy has some training. This is what I question. I'm like, you know what? If all of a sudden you're snapping necks, super easy, why could you not have snuck up on the dude snorting the cocaine? Why did you not just, like, sneak up behind the couch? Snack I'm just saying, when he snaps that neck, (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah... He was on a he was on like Predator. He was with Bill Duke. Bill Duke. Shit makes Cambodia look like Kansas. He's looking at Carl Weathers. "Ah, You ghosted us, motherfucker. So I'm I at this point I'm like this guy has some training. I just wanted him to like walk up behind you know Rhino Penis dude. Remember Afghanistan? Rhino Penis. Do you guys ever call me Rhino Penis dude behind my back? Never. No. No. One I think tonight's cigar was kind of a rhino penis cigar It was not It was ballsy, it was strong No No. You can't make that term stick <laughs> you just... We'll see if Black Label uses that quote <laughs> TNCC
3: see. This is it's kind a of a rhino, rhino penis, penis cigar <laughs> Hashtag t- no. <laughs> no, no. It's, not, it's not like
1: a movie we, They don't have a poster I can have my little quotes on We'll see what Chee
0: <laughs> Hulk has to say about it later
1: well Red after snapping the demon's neck like a pro, Red then grabs a glass and snorts a huge thing of cocaine up his own nose. He's an addict. From the vodka in the bathroom to seeing the Coke there, like he can't help himself. Why not? Your girl's dead. The funny, was, was, the funny thing was is that I was like, Alright,
3: there's been nothing to explain this, but it works. It does.
1: And it, well, because Cage makes it work. Cause well, Cage. because at this point, I'm ready for it. My to girl's dead. I'm ready for it to be Fuck over. Fuck it. I am. Well, what I'm, am I? I am am I going to fail the out. piss test at my lumberjack job in 1983? No, I'm fucking snorting <laughs> this shit, dude. Every. The lumberjacks are flying out on a helicopter Cracking open beers, man You want one? I don't think they're worried about a piss test Well, Red gathers his I think they were cracking open beers on the way to work He finds the reaper, his crossbow He finds his battle axe, which they stole Then he sees the mason jar Remember the guys gave him that mason jar of the good stuff? He's cracking open bottles of vodka. He's snorting up cocaine off the floor. What's this strange jar of liquid? I don't know. Dude, (laughs) he literally puts his finger in this hallucinogenic crazy juice. One drop on his tongue. He sees a thousand images in a second. I was just waiting for Iron Butterfly music to start. In terms
3: terms (laughs) of uh, psychedelic, psychotropic drug scenes... This was there But it's literally like One drop
1: on the tongue And And then what does he do He just opens the window And jumps out Okay Why wouldn't he He can fly at this point He actually can I'll admit it I never had a night Quite like this My freshman year At Samy's State University I jumped out of some windows But uh, I didn't have this kind of courage Gravity Still works Oh Well There was that one Toad the Wet Sprocket concert That was a hell of a night Also because it was towed with Sprocket. Nobody ever said those words (laughs) together. When Red goes out, uh, he jumps out the window and he gets outside. There's one more demon waiting for him, standing stoically in front of a burning car. I have no idea why that car's on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Red shoots him in the throat with one of Carruthers' special arrows, and the demon just calmly pulls it out with blood splurting everywhere, but he's still standing. He's not going down.
3: You saw what the special juice did to Cage. Dude,
1: we need to get some. That dude was chugging it. Next episode, <laughs> we're pairing a cigar with that mason jar of special juice. <laughs> That's got to be one
2: ballsy cigar.
3: I don't cigar. know. We,
1: at Cat's Fest one year, Robert Holt from Sun Dry, he gave me a mason jar full of something. <laughs> I. It, wasn't, it didn't give me these kind of powers. but uh, Have some demon biker juice. Uh, can I say no to that? <laughs> no, you can't obviously th- when that's- have I ever said no to drink this mysterious demon juice alright <laughs> it's funny that you it's not going it- to make me into a demon is it <laughs> would I give
3: that to you you didn't sh- answer I'll halt, just drink it Holt seems like the perfect person to hand you the jar of special demon <laughs> juice <laughs> <laughs> just
1: try to <and> sit <laughs> never seen Kate's people so big well there was that time at the Toe the Wet Sprocket concert but- <laughs> Kate's the reason they broke up. (laughs) Thank you, Kate. Do you guys even know who Toad the Wet Sprocket is? Yes. Okay, good. That didn't fall on deaf ears. (laughs) should have. (laughs) I wish I had deaf ears when I was at the Toad the Wet Sprocket concert. (laughs) So, the guy is standing in front of this burning car. Red shoots him in the throat, pulls it out. He's still standing Red marches over to the demon, and they get into a lengthy knife versus battle axe fight. I'm sorry, but a knife against a battle battle axe? axe. Yeah, but the guy with the knife is a demon. That doesn't matter, because we have proven that they're not. They're just human. He got a knife through... He got a arrow through his throat. That is true. Pulled it out. Blood... These guys are inhuman at this point. That's true. That was the biggest conflict I had in this thing, was I want these guys to be demons... I don't like that they were explained, but I love that Bill Duke explained them. <laughs> this movie would have worked like a Turbo Kid, kind of an apocalyptic, these just unexplained demons. And I think it would have worked better if they were just not explained. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because let's face it, you can give a Harley Davidson guy the worst LSD in the world. You still shoot him the arrow with a... He's going down. He's going down. These guys don't go down. And they don't have rhino penises all of a sudden. <laughs> do they? <laughs> Let's hope not. Is that a biker gang? I need to... <laughs> El Bandito with right rhy- patch on my back. <laughs> oh, God. That guy's a rhino penis. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at him, Sour. <laughs>
2: That's
1: right. <laughs> he doesn't look like he has I'm a... Sh- <laughs> Don't say anything, son. <laughs> Don't say anything, I'm son. Done. Dad, I'm looking. He doesn't have a rhino... Don't say it, son i am done alright I'm the one rhino penis gang member without a rhino penis I got a micro penis you happy I'm just trying to get gas and some slim jims leave me alone you little shit that's how that interaction would go <laughs> much like this movie it.
3: it went on three minutes too long
1: Uh, well they they have a lengthy knife versus <laughs> battle axe fight as the axe will tell you it's always going to go the way of the battle axe Uh, They're exchanging blows back and forth as the demon tells Red and they're... These demons speak in this very, like, gurgling, underwater, demonic voice. Mandy is still burning. I didn't do it justice.
0: Mandy is still burning. Mandy
1: is still burning. It's closer. It's closer. It's better. It's better. Uh, Red finally shoves the man monster into the fiery car, and as the demon is encased in flames, he now keep, you're burning. He keeps muttering, "No." She burns. She burns. She burns. These fuckers are rubbing in his face about his wife burning. I know, but Nicholas Cage should have just. Until gone. now, you're burning. Well, Red finally loses it, and he chops the biker demon's head off with his axe. He sees a cigarette butt on the ground, picks it up, and lights it on the smoldering head. <laughs> Classic. That's awesome. Come on, dude. Anytime you light your cigarette on a severed head, that's, that's awesome. Reminds me of my sophomore year at Sam Houston State University. You know, it's and a, at this yeah, point, you, just sure. have, you have to ask the question. You don't know whose cigarette that was it could have been. <laughs> I don't think Red's too concerned At this
3: After point After you put your pinky into the demon juice Or the mason jar special juice I don't think Red's juice. too concerned about Communicable, oh, what I'm saying. Di- I mean, communicable diseases the demon juice this.
1: was just sitting on the counter Obviously they were using tortilla chips Dipping it up <laughs> I mean come on <laughs> Guy Fieri <laughs> He's just... I'm getting the Satan I'm getting the otherworldly evil Oh yeah what, is that a little cilantro? What, is it's a little John Milton Paradise Lost there? Oh, yeah. I'm getting the Paradise Lost. I'm getting the cilantro and the habanero. Oh, yeah. Goes to fist bump Nick Cage. He's got those giant pupils. <laughs> you cut up a shirt! Stabs Guy Fieri. <laughs> you cut up the cilantro! Actually, if that happened in this movie, I wouldn't be surprised. Like Guy no, Fieri should no. have shown up in, this, in a dream <laughs> sequence. Like Mandy's underwater as a mermaid, all of a sudden Guy Fieri flips down there. <laughs> if he, if he <laughs> would have showed up, that, that would have changed Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's again you why taking notes of <laughs> time. Again, why Matt Cade isn't allowed to make no, movies? No, that's anymore.
3: why Matt Cade should make
1: movies right there. Thank you, Tut. Thank you. Well, Red then jumps on one of the de- the <laughs> demons. <laughs> okay, no, this... this okay. Okay, let me tell you why Matt Cage shouldn't make movies. <laughs> Are You to counterpoint this. No. Oh, okay. C- counterpoint is I don't think they had these types of four wheelers in 1983. No, they. Oh, no, it should have been a three wheeler. It should have yeah. been. A, if it's 1983, it should have been Very modern. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing. Like, yeah. Should have been three. The dirt bikes. It was hard to tell because it was dark. The motocross-style yeah. bikes. But the the ATVs look very modern. Yeah, they yes. should have been three-wheelers. There were no four-wheelers. At,
3: well, there might have been, but no. But they, they, these no, look, it would have been look. three-wheelers. Yeah.
1: But then again, they're demons from hell. They... they can't time travel. All right. That's your problem with this movie? It is. <laughs> It really is. Red jumps on one of the unimaginable four-wheelers that these guys have. <laughs> Just unbelievable. And makes his way to unbelievable. the a bottom of a nearby satellite tower. The exact tower he saw in his vision in the anime dream. Actually, not in the anime dream. When he tasted that fluid, he saw a big radio tower in his visions. I lost that. I didn't. And now when he's driving, he sees that tower, and he pulls up to it because he saw it in his, his visions. I didn't I didn't catch that. that I caught something you didn't. So he gets off the four-wheeler that shouldn't exist in 1983. That is true. That's very true. Uh, After sipping his mason jar full of insane demon juice. And it's here that he encounters the chemist. Remember when Jeremiah was like, we wasted the chemist's best stuff on your whore? Well, this is the chemist. Uh, Oh, boy. So this is the weirdo who makes the eye drops and magical waspings for the other weirdos. And make no mistake, this good dude is full-blown fucking weirdo. He's wearing nothing but a leather apron, which I imagine Tut on his 80s Sunday pancake breakfast, that's what he wears. It is, no. isn't it? He's full nude except for a leather apron. It would be either a
3: Captain American apron or a Batman apron.
1: Well, either way, you're not wearing anything under that apron, are you? Uh, that's a good chance. You guys ready for the breakfast club? Right. <laughs> I actually woke up at his house one time on than a Sunday. More insane demon juice? I woke up on a Sunday actually one time at his house. I don't know why. Random thing. It was 80's pancake <laughs> Sunday. Nice. Dude, the pancakes were unbelievable. He actually knows how to make really good pancakes. It's always good to know. I'm not sure if he was wearing anything under that leather apron. That's some demon juice in that pancake. <laughs> is that blueberry? Oh, was yeah. that blueberry? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next thing I know, I'm like, seeing visions of towers and demons <laughs> and dragons.
3: Charles Mortimer is a tiger sitting there in I the line. I think life. that might have had
1: to do with the entire bottle of Woodford Reserve I drank the night before, but I've heard it both ways.
3: I'm just imagining Charles Mortimer as the tiger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally. Keep that thing under. That's why like, why is Kate's pupils like fucking silver dollars? Why aren't they? Did you see how much steel reserve he drank last night? <laughs> and why are you wearing that leather apron? Call me the chemist, babe. Call me the chemist. I'm not eating your pancakes, asshole. And I'll watch Breakfast Club next weekend. I just worked out a little scenario at Tut's house without him even... Uh, no, no, no! Everybody wants my pancakes. They were, they were phenomenal pancakes. Was I it like am, banana walnut, maybe?
3: Uh, no, that was banana peanut butter. That
1: was good. That was good.
3: I'm perfecting my lemon poppy seed pancakes. All right. Well, this guy—do we agree? No, He's I really a want to talk about my he pancakes is. a little. Bit
1: is this more? guy the biggest weirdo He's in the awesome. movie so far? He's awesome. He's awesome. Uh, He's—he's got petri dishes full of maggots and worms on his work table. He's also got a giant tiger named Lizzie that he keeps in a cage. But he takes one look at Red and he senses it. Oh, man. They wronged you, brother. You exude a cosmic darkness. Can you see that? Which Todd actually did say to me at Pancake (laughs) Breakfast. Well, once again... I just want to go home. We've got a a Batman (laughs) alum here, so... Oh, yeah. This guy was... uh, He's one of the bad guys in Batman Begins. Joe Chill. Joe Chill He killed Batman's parents And this guy actually Has been in a lot of Rob Zombie movies Yes yeah. But he finally gets to be In a movie where he's Good and not stupid It's a good look I mean he's got Oh he's got, he's he's got really nice. Sunken in cheeks I mean he looks like A guy that's been Smoking Marvel Reds For 60 years And he's only 40 years old <laughs> He's got that look to him The leather apron and nothing on underneath helps a lot.
3: uh, To me, this character kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, guy in uh, The Matrix.
1: Um, I think I can say Heat, the bald guy. It's all out there, brother. You just got to reach up. No, Matrix 2. The guy that kind of explains everything. The architect?
3: Architect, thank you. Kind of. In a weird Rob
1: Zombie way, a much more creepy way. I mean, yeah. this guy was this guy's bizarre. Um, well, he, you know, he he senses. Oh man, my 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 children have really done you wrong, brother. Uh, Red says nothing as as we cut down to Red's boots. They're covered in these big black are those worms? Centipedes? They weren't centipedes. I look. They they didn't have a million legs. They were. They were like Uh, slugs. Well, then maybe they. Yes, they were worms. They were some sort of thing. They were slugs. Sure. They were gross. And they were crawling all over Red, and he didn't flinch. He's just staring this dude down. So the guy, the chemist, senses that his children are due whatever that. He's saving his own ass at this point. I guess my children are due what you have coming to them. Go north, my friend. Go north. (laughs) Here's where they are. Dude, he sells them out. Go north. And Trump. er, Trump. 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 I'm talking about sellouts. Snowflakes. I'm talking about (laughs) sellouts. But no, uh, dude, the chemist says go north, and Red lets him live. Did he? Didn't hurt that the guy had a tiger watching every move Red
3: made. Yeah, but didn't he release the Tiger? Yeah,
1: and he didn't and he didn't hurt Red. That's the that's a weird thing. And I think is, he even said something to the effect of like when he gets sketchy I know he didn't he that, didn't attack Red. That was the one thing that I, I I kind of appreciate about this scene
3: is that the chemist had this conversation with Red without Red ever speaking a word.
1: He just stares at him. And Cage sells it.
3: Yeah, and it was kinda like Oh man, you're right. And then he lets the tiger go. Like Cage was like, "You shouldn't keep the tiger in the cage." And he's like, "Yeah, man, you're right. I shouldn't." It was a, it was, it was a weird, trippy scene. But at this point in the movie,
1: visually yeah. it was an awesome scene.
3: His laboratory and that tiger—it was a really cool scene. That's why it kind of reminded me of the architect. It was just kind of like there was nothing defining around it.
1: It was, no, it was just Hail his open. desk. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, well, we follow Red then on the ATV through a series of old mine shafts until he finally emerges in a majestic gully between a series of large blue and red mountains. It truly looks something like out of a Dungeons & Dragons manual or, or, or book or one of Mandy's fantasy novels that she reads all the time. The entire visual aesthetic, that she
3: read all the time
1: yeah the entire visual aesthetic of this film is so unique and so impressive I mean I said it earlier it's our world but it's not right it's America but it's not America I mean he truly created his own little universe here uh, which you've got to respect that. After another anime sequence where we see a naked Mandy pull a shiny green jewel out of a slain monster's chest. Hey, we didn't see that in Ski School. No. <laughs> Sadly. Is that a uh, heavy metal reference? Don't they pull like a green... Well, there's s- an orb that floats Don't they pull a forever? green orb out of somebody in heavy metal?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, did they do that in Ski School? No. No. Red wakes up on the shore of a beautiful creek. He makes his way over to a cliff's edge, and he sees that the Colts' base camp is down below. In fact, their van is just pulling away. So Red places some giant tacks in the road. He took those from the Cenobites, the demons. When he got his shit, he threw a bunch of their shit into his bag, too. These huge tacks, uh, which they would use, because remember Bill Duke said they trapped truckers and all that he puts these huge tacks in the road and they pop all four tires on the van van. brother swan gets out to check the damage this seems highly inconvenient
0: I love this guy
1: Uh, (laughs) and immediately red headbutts him throws his body against a tree Mandy burned brightly swan says but better to burn out than to fade. Red cuts that shit short, that tired Neil Young lyric, by shoving the sharpened handle of his battle axe straight down Swan's throat. Don't you dare drop that Neil Young shit on me. Fuck you. I do like the fact that
3: Swan went down talking shit the entire way. Well,
1: I was just, I really wanted, you know, Red to be like, you know what?
0: I was going to let you live, but I fucking hate Neil Young.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, my, my, fuck you. But you know what? It's funny you say that, Todd. I was born in Alabama, you fuck. We'll learn at the end of this film, Jeremiah's disciples died hardcore, speaking the thing. He's the one, the leader. That's the way most authoritarian personalities are. Sister Lucy steps out of the van and quietly approaches, but Red spares her for some reason. He doesn't kill her. I'm not sure that I would have. I think I would have gone ahead and just... Well. You were part of this group. You killed my wife. Fuck you. You were there. Battle axe in the head. I think I would have killed her. I think it implies that she's standing there and she's crying. But I think it's that she's crying because she realizes she's free. Like She didn't want to be there. That's how I think Red read it. Yeah, she's free from these guys. <laughs> but if I'm tied up in barbed wire and my wife just got burned alive, and a chick I'm killing put her bullet uh, like to click to pledge her allegiance to this guy, I'm probably gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. She she goes free. Red then slinks back down into the Colts campgrounds. It's dark now, and he expertly throws his battle axe. We see it whoa, 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 through the air, which lands squarely in the top of Brother Klopik's skull. He was, he, later. Sta- he was waxing that station wagon. It was
3: actually a really cool scene with
1: him waxing Dude, the he's station waxing wagon. waxing that station wagon. Cage throws that battle axe And it just lands right in the top of his head A huge fountain of blood goes out It's a great kill scene
3: The funny thing is is that while he's waxing that car I'm like, I can believe that Yeah, they want to keep it looking nice I, I could.
1: Family truckster uh, Well, it doesn't matter now, he's dead As Red marches forward He sees a chainsaw lying on the ground This is still logging country after all uh, And he ditches his battle axe In favor of the, his more familiar weapon but as he tries to rev it up unsuccessfully, one of the other brothers hears him, and he starts up the world's largest chainsaw. Holy shit! What was the span on this? No, chainsaw? no, no. They're they're actually
3: that's a no. I know it's realistic, a
1: but five feet. Chainsaw? Yes. Was it a five feet blade? Yes. And it starts right up.
3: Yeah, red, uh, Red's got like a. Two and a half foot blade And this dude's got like a five foot blade Oh my
1: god And it fires up and he starts coming at red And red's just trying to get going Finally gets it going They have a Dude we're in the middle of an old fashioned chainsaw fight boys How many of we have those on the show Two Two Chainsaw Massacre 2 This is our second one Dennis Hopper And and this is Running Man Both yeah, but wait. wait. Yeah, but that wasn't two chainsaws That's, going on. Alright, this
3: is our first with two chainsaws. Okay. Uh, no, second with two chainsaws.
2: Uh
1: they bash chainsaws back and forth for a while until Red loses his, and just as the brother marches in for the kill, Red grabs a giant steel chain, lasses it around his neck, yanks him down, he falls on Red's chainsaw, and just fountains of blood just start splurting all over the goalie. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, red looks up to see the glowing cross atop the makeshift church temple down the goal and he moves forth I say makeshift church but this building is actually pretty impressive uh, it's like a pristine perfectly constructed wooden barn kind of like the Amish we saw this shit in Pennsylvania I mean the beams are per- it's deep and the perfect beams uh, only with neon red light Red makes his way into the deep structure, tosses the leather bound I guess it was a regular Bible yeah. on the altar. This guy's weird, but I guess it's still the Bible that they they go to. Uh, tosses it off the altar and then he and then Red heads down into the sub level of the church. Exhausted, he stumbles through the tunnel after tunnel. We just see this guy going, these guys have dug just I guess they were existing mines probably. Yeah. Uh until he comes across a dead end. Where Mother Marlene is hanging out. Remember that old white-haired, long-haired can-satisfy-anyones? It's actually a cool little spot. She's got like a little lamp down there, and then she's got the Miami palm tree wallpaper like Robert Loggia (laughs) and Scarface. Remember Robert Loggia's uh, Scarface pad? He had that wallpaper. She's got that down there. She tells Red, I'm the world's most sensuous lover. I can anticipate my lover's every move. So Red says, fuck it, and they just start doing it. No, 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 he doesn't. Uh, He somehow resists her old charms. (laughs) Somehow. 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 Her wrinkled old charms. Oh, wait. That's because he separates her head from her body. (laughs) Well, no, we're getting that. Uh, We don't see that. He actually just denies her, her sexual How does he say no to that? (laughs) And he walks on. And I'm like, why the hell did he spare her? She was there for all this. Well, he doesn't. We then see Jeremiah, our main bad guy, gyrating his naked loins against the wall in another chamber. When he senses someone coming, come no closer. God is in this room. He calls that out not knowing who's coming but when Mother Marlene's severed head gets tossed at his feet it's pretty fucking clear that it ain't Brother Swan nope Jeremiah's freaking the fuck out as Red steps out of the darkness Jeremiah shifts gears and tells Red that he you can't kill him for Red is, you're just meat with no soul, no brain, no anything you're simply an animal with no spirit, no radiating light you'll never understand the hallucinations that I see As we cut back and forth between the men... The chamber is washed over in hot pink light... And then darkness... And then hot pink again... Suddenly we see Red's face... And he speaks in that garbled voice of the demons... Yeah... He tasted that demon juice... Now he's talking like those dudes... The psychotic drowns... Where the mystic swims... You're drowning... I'm swimming... Jeremiah's livid... You unholy abomination... You aren't even worthy my, of my spit. It's all that hate in your heart that's to blame, and it follows you everywhere, man. I love that. I love when he breaks free of the stuff to like. Does the man? The man's yeah. like, done. It's controlling you, man. It gets a little bit more human. Yeah, he does that every once in a while, and I, it helps the character immensely. Um, but I can still help you not only save your life but I can save your goddamn soul man Red reaches forward and grabs Jeremiah's head on both sides as Red squeezes Jeremiah's skull Jeremiah shift gears once again telling him it was all part of Red's spiritual journey to make it his way to him then when that doesn't do the trick he offers to suck Red's dick (laughs) I'll blow you man I'll suck your dick whatever you want (laughs) And Tell me you hated that, and I'll kick you in the nuts. I love this shit. This is a guy, God among gods, realizes, oh shit. The end's here, so he's just reaching for fucking anything. <laughs> this is your spiritual journey, man. That's not working. Okay.
3: My favorite thing is I, was I being brought like, you
1: here through this. That's not working. I'll suck your dick, man. <laughs> my favorite thing has been I Had Red gone. Okay. Oh no! This movie's so crazy. I halfway thought, <laughs> I halfway thought he was gonna bang Mother Marlene. Like, all right, well, if you can, if you can anticipate my every move, I'll I'll call you on that. All right, he didn't do that. When he was like, "Suck it, man," I was like, "He's totally undoing his. He's he's dropping trowel. He's totally gonna get blown by this guy. <laughs> this movie, it would have been believable. <laughs> yes, would have been. In this movie, yes." We're be having a very different conversation right now. But, <laughs> but no, he doesn't drop trowel. So Jeremiah then tries one final audible. Oh my God, this guy's all over the place. I'm your God. Okay. I'll suck your dick. <laughs> this is crazy. He's now down on his knees and he screams, I don't kneel before you you kneel before me I carry God's gift in my heart not you so you kneel before me motherfucker to which Red says in a very demonic voice I'm your God now and he squeezes that fucker's head Friday the the 13th part 3 style until his eyeballs blurp out of his head ooze, shoots out of his head and then Cage gives out almost an orgasm. It is a very orgasm. It is. An, he orgasms as he kills Jeremiah. It's a climax. Yeah. It's a climax to the film, and it's a little climax from from Red.
0: Sure.
1: Red flicks open a Zippo and burns the fucking wooden temple to the ground as he walks away from the flames and the madness. He has a flashback to the first time Tut. He laid eyes on Mandy in a nightclub. He's wearing that 44 t-shirt. That's why it means so much to him. That's the shirt he was wearing when he met her. Uh, As he drives off in the Colt station wagon, he looks over and he sees Mandy's ghost riding shotgun with him. She's smoking a cigarette. She looks just like Mandy. And for a second, Red looks just like Red. He's still wearing the same clothes, but he's not bloody. He's not covered. He's looking at her, and then all of a sudden it dawns on him what I just did, she's gone. We go back to Red, and he's completely covered in blood, and his eyes are big as fucking saucers. Like, what the fuck last 48 hours did I do? I, I don't really know, maybe wish it was the tortilla sized chips of cocaine I was snorting. <laughs> well, then he snaps <laughs> out
3: of it. I really wish in this scene that she would have been burned to a crisp right before it flashes back to him, covered in blood, big eyes.
1: He only sees the man that he remembers.
3: Well, I know that, but I I would have at least appreciated the. it's not what you remember. This is what it is.
1: No, I think the fact that he actually achieved the revenge across the board, that's his reward, is he has that moment in the car where she's, like he remembers her, smoking a cigarette and looks normal. I, exactly. I, think it, I think it would have been weird if she was burnt. He, no, cause he saw to, that already.
3: Because to me, that would have been like, yeah, it was great, this is what you remembered. Yeah, this is great, you got your revenge. For what?
1: She's I, a crisp, you're a fucking cake oh, he'll blood. get No, he'll get to that later. He'll get to that after the film is over. Then he snaps out of it, bloody, crazy, coked-out eyes, and he drives out of the goalie, which... With a giant planet overhead, I think her favorite planet, Saturn, we yeah. see over the goalie, and huge, jagged, colorful rocks, it now looks exactly like an illustration from one of her fantasy novels, a D&D novel, yeah. as he drives out of the goalie, the end. Yay, it's finally over. Yep. I get the sense I like this movie a little bit more than you guys. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I think you like it a little more after talking about it than you did on viewing. <laughs> There's a little bit there, but not enough. Let me just say this. Director uh, Panos Cosmatos has said that both Mandy and his first film, Beyond the Black Rainbow, helped him work through his parents' death. Both his mom and his dad died. And like many revenge stories... Mandy is about a man dealing with grief by trying to regain some control over the world. I can see this. When you've lost your only personal, physical, spiritual anchor to the world, all rules and common sense are kind of thrown out the window. Yeah. And this is just a highly artistic, dramatic as shit demonstration of that. Upon losing Mandy in the impactful way he did, and being tortured himself to the brink of death, Red is just pure feral rage with only one real outlet revenge without revenge he's literally has nothing left in the world if he doesn't do this he's got nothing she's gone hence the screaming orgasm at the end you know who knows he's not going anywhere after this he's done yeah man boys I don't get off on surreal cinema like I did in my twenties and early thirties. I used to eat this shit up the more dissolves and music montages and color crazy I, I used to just live on this shit I don't so much anymore but for some reason this movie worked for me agree to disagree you have to say something eventually
3: no I'm doing the red scene and the the uh, chemist
1: lab. <laughs> it doesn't play well on a podcast <laughs> Oh, man, this movie has wronged you. It's not that bad. It was a good movie. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. It was the most boring. It was a very personal, very cathartic, very. God bless this guy for getting the funds and the resources. It was two hours that I'm never getting back. It was boring.
3: I'm sorry. It was. Fucking boring. You've done
1: a lot worse with two hours. You've watched Fast and Furious movies. You watched Transformers movies. I'm sorry. I will
3: watch Fast and No, I'm sorry. I watched. Anytime Tokyo Drift comes on, I'm watching that shit.
1: Do you spend two hours watching a Transformers movie?
3: Depends. Maybe the first one. Alright then. I don't want to hear any bitching. At least the first one was somewhat entertaining. Uh, This, This had probably about. Thanks to Nicolas Cage. Thanks to Bill Dukes. It had about twenty minutes of
1: entertaining movie. Every movie's not made to entertain. Some movies are made to make you feel. Some movies are made to make you drop into into someone else's viewpoint. Oh, I'm sorry, war and peace. You're a
3: forty-day You're a forty day read that's been critically acclaimed. Guess what? You're boring as fuck. And this movie is boring as fuck. And that is even considering that Nicolas Cage is going full blown Nicolas Cage in it.
1: Man, he he really. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I thought Nicolas Cage turned on Nicolas Cage when it when it helped. I thought he turned off Nicolas Cage when it wasn't necessary. Yeah. I thought he was great in this.
3: No, here's here's the one thing that I thought I, it was
1: a masterclass in. Uh, here's the one thing that I'll say actor. about. Lead actor, he he rocked.
3: Here's the mm. one thing that I'll say about Cage in. I've often kind of wondered about, like, all right, you know, you, you said earlier at one time this was the action guy. This was Con Air. This
1: he was, was the guy. number one box office guy in the world.
3: And so when you see him in these little art flicks...
1: Which he started out with doing these art flicks.
3: Yes, yes he did. There, There's a conversation I had with someone where we you're talking about Face Off, and they were like... Oh, could you imagine is John Travolta in, you know, those roles reversed and John Travolta playing Cage and Cage being the bad guy, just crazy? Because Cage is great crazy. And I'm like, Travolta couldn't pull off the range that Cage displayed in Face Off. They were perfectly cast because Travolta's a better, I mean, uh, Cage is a better actor. He could pull pull off the subtle shit. The, the love that you feel between him and the crazy waif girl, that's because of Cage. I mean, Cage is a
1: great actor. He's it a is. good actor. He is. What's your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Ooh. Don't say Raised in Arizona. Well, you just took out. Like, I took your favorite movie away. It's a fantastic movie. It is. You know what my favorite? Because it's so unlike anything he'd ever done and our buddy Joe and I worked at the movie theater when this came out and we watched, we sat every night the last show we would go in and sit in this movie and just laugh our asses off and just soak in Nicolas Cage because it was like nothing we'd ever seen him do and he just it was my, one of my first experiences seeing an actor just become a character. Kiss of Death. Oh. When he's that Fucking low-level gangster, and he put on like forty pounds of of muscle, and he was just this crazy fucking. Do you ever see Katsadat? I'm not sure if I. uh, Uh, we'll do we'll do it on the podcast, man. It is so good, and the cage is just unlike anything you've ever seen before. But that's why I love it because it was completely different than anything I'd ever seen. It was, but it was still crazy. It still had the Nicolas Cage touches, but it was like nothing I'd ever seen him in before. Rent, Kiss of Death.
3: As crazy as it, as crazy as it sounds, uh, I' be Con Air, and I know that's a that's a weird one because it's like blockbuster and all this shit. There was a range of Cage between you know father drama that I loved. And then action, response, just going with what the environment gives him. Huh? I loved
1: was it. Was that his first action, like big-time action? It was the... Bruck, it was Bruckheimer the, action movie? Was
3: that before Face-Off I think
1: or after? I think that was after. Yeah. I think it was after, after. Face-Off. Because face Face-Off, off, I think he did an excellent job. Kind of that. introduced it, but I think then Con Air, I think, went into The Rock. Yeah, right. Which went into, like, Gone in 60 Seconds, which went into the... the uh, National Treasure movies. Yes. I never but, saw any of those. Were they good?
3: I like the first one. I love the first one, the National Treasure first one. They are. But I mean, well, Cage wasn't any- Cage wasn't anything special in National Treasure. It was just a fun story. In How Con- did he never play a villain in a superhero movie? He should. He should have
1: been the toy maker.
3: Well, no, there was a. Wasn't he He's supposed really- to be in like the- one of the Supermans? He was like. Oh, he
1: was going to be Superman. Yeah. He was in Kevin Smith. He was supposed yeah. to be Kevin Smith's Superman.
2: Yeah.
1: That would have been horrible. Yes. Oh, yeah. The the thing that
3: I, I, no I appreciate with now. Con Air is that with him playing opposite of Steve Buscemi as, like, the Hannibal Lecter, child molester, crazy guy, yeah, you can't out-crazy Buscemi. You you just can't. You yeah. You just put a, a still photo of Bashimi and he's going to out crazy you. Yeah. So Cage can't go to the Cage, I'm crazy part. But there was a range within that cheap blockbuster action flick that I loved that Cage was able to pull off. And to me, that takes a lot of talent. Oh, to he does.
1: Juicy do. uh, Road Rock West. Yes. Yeah. With Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Where he was. The the wife tried to get him to get into the it's kind of a Nore yeah. uh, With Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam was in that. That's right. He's so good in that. I mean, the guy has been just mm. solid for so many years. I love the fact that at this point in his career, he's doing stuff like this. Um, you know, he's done a lot of weird, bad stuff, but I, I think this is the, the the good stuff he needs to do. And I, th- I thought he was one of the strongest things about this movie. But, oh, he was. But at the same he point, was. every actor in this thing was so good. They were actually really every good. Every single actor in this delivered. So i got to give credit to the director for getting bringing that home. And granted, the first 30 minutes were slow as molasses. But once it got going, I thought it was... You know, it had a lot of the stuff I liked. It had the Turbo Kid, the 80s. Right. Bring in the apocalyptic bikers and the demons and the, the fun stuff. I thought once the action got going, especially towards the end with the the fight scenes, I thought it was... I don't know why I had such a problem with it. I, I just... I, I thought the it, pace was all wrong. It was... Yeah. Pacing-wise, it was... The pace was all wrong throughout the entire yeah. movie. Well, yeah. I, I was okay with it. I'm going to give Mandy a thumbs up.
3: I'll give it a thumbs down. I understand. I understand.
2: Yeah,
1: thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't know. I'm stuck in the middle. It's, I I understand. I, I like certain things about it. Like I said, the beginning, they really just sort of. That's how t- the director chose to build their love story, and I get it through ah. visuals and through slow stuff. But, but but even
3: even through the middle and the last part, <sighs> I I understand why the director did what he did, and I respect. Why he did what he did, but that doesn't still i mean that doesn't negate my opinion that you gotta fucking tell an entertaining story I and do
1: I'm gonna give this one a pass I'm gonna give yeah. this one as a personal project and it, if what it says is true this was him working through his his parents' deaths yeah. artistically hey man you got somebody to fund it and you can do what you want to do hats off to you I tried for years to get somebody to to fund my therapy, and nobody. No, I didn't have any takers. Uh, so you know what? I, I all right. So we got uh, one thumbs up, one thumbs down, one thumbs medium. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think the cigar, were all big thumbs up. Thumbs. Oh, big thumbs up. Oh, did you fill out your form? I did. Beer, Done. big thumbs up. Uh, the beer was just amazing, as always. Thank oh. you, Unibrew. God. They know how to do it, man. They know how to do it. So movie, it's a good night. Always is. This film reminded me a lot. I told you guys on break of our breakdown of Nomads Mm. early in the day. Love it. A weird film. Love it. A weird film where we just kind of just really went at it and tore our teeth at it and just kind of got at you know just did what we do uh, big time on steroids. We just tear this movie apart. We gotta do it every once in a while. Yes, I, I, I want to do more of it. Uh, I had fun tonight, boys. Thank you. Agreed. Absolutely. Thank you for not turning it off after the first thirty minutes and venturing forth.
3: Well, there's always we nothing. are
1: professionals. Next episode, boys, uh, we will have the doctor here. It'll be our double feet our Christmas double feature. Oh God, Mandy two no we will be re- Man,
3: the electric we're
1: going to be recreating our phenomenal double feature from last Christmas the Anna Nicole Smith chantweed double feature with another Anna Nicole Smith chantwe double feature only this one just I- when I thought we were getting a little bit of respectability <laughs> well that's why I gotta step in <laughs> no no Hold your horses on no. their respectability. Uh, Here gonna, comes Anna Nicole Smith. It is going to be oh, a shit. phenomenal... Oh, sh- Dude, that's her catchphrase oh. in this next film. Oh, shit. <laughs> she says it literally a thousand times. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's her yippee kaye motherfucker. <laughs> well, it isn't the same if you say it like
3: a gajillion times. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker.
1: I broke my nail. Oh, shit.
3: Yippee-ki-yay, oh, motherfucker.
1: Shit. Terrorists are shooting at me. Oh, Yippee-ki-yay, shit.
3: motherfucker.
1: It's going to be a great show. <laughs> you guys will love it. Tut! Uh, links? At TNCCcast for Twitter.
3: Hit us up on uh, Instagram, TNCC underscore podcast. Uh, go to the Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Join us on YouTube,
1: Tuesday Night Cigar Club did I leave anything out. I saw a lot of people join us lately on YouTube. Yeah, they have. I noticed our episodes have been getting a little more uh, views on YouTube. So a little bit more you know, playback. Maybe they like seeing uh, Cody fall asleep and yeah. us spill <laughs> <laughs> beers. And we, we, you get it all. You get it all. You get the handsome new uh, Tuesday Night Scar Club hoodie. Where can you get that, done? You can
3: get the handsome Tuesday Night Scar Club cutie. hoodie. Cutie. On TuesdayNightCigarClub
1: we have two more episodes. We're going to do the double feature, and then we're going to do one more show uh, with guest star Steve Saka.
2: What? Oh.
1: The Sasquatch. The Saka Sasquatch is going to be in the house for our last show of the year. In two, uh, we're going to record it in two weeks. Uh, we're going to have Steve in the house. We haven't had him here in a while. He asked us in Vegas, "When the hell are you going to get me back on there?" We kind of were giving up on the cigar interviews but like when Sokka Squatch says get me on your show you get him on the show so that'll be a fun that'll be a fun one uh, so yeah, we to see you're strong boys yo, any last words? no I'm done, out of here Should people go to O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas? Yes, they should. You got live music coming up? Yes, we do. You got drink specials? Yes, we do. Ladies' night? No. (laughs) (laughs) But you got drink specials? (laughs) Yes. And Unibrew on tap? Uh, No. Other things? But drink specials? Yes. And food? And food. Authentic Irish cuisine. Correct. At any hour of the day till 2 a.m., you can order. Shepherd's pie. Bangers the banger's and mash, and mash. Fish and chips. A sampler platter. A sampler platter? No with, substitutions. With substitutions? You, you, you don't get those. I get substitutions. No, no, our don't. listeners do not, but you, I get them.
3: You can't no. get substitutions. I don't get a substitution? Yeah. You, can't get substitutions.
1: you can't get substitutions. All these years I don't get substitutions. No. Alright, just this once. No! He said it. It's insolid. Boys. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight. This is, like I said, you guys are my second family, and I always feel so much better and warmer after uh, sitting at the table with you guys. So, uh, and turns out I drank a shitload of beer. Turns out you drank a shitload of beer.
2: Well,
1: you got some catching up to do. Yeah. Always. What do I say at the end of every episode? Be the wings of liberty. May the wings of liberty, it's a joke at this point, but let's just keep going. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. All those feathers are gone. It's hopeless. We're screwed. No. Sign our motherfuckers!
0: learn more about the time I went on a blood-soaked cross-country mission of revenge leaving nothing but severed limbs and heartache along the way, please watch my new experimental short film, Dandy. Nobody calls Keith a howl a dandy and gets away with it. And I mean nobody. So if you see me wearing a top hat in the Panda Express drive-thru line, I'd advise you to just keep your comments to your motherfucking selves. And... In the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit www.blacklabeltrading.com and www.unibrew.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit o'briensimple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well.